0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 42. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Yeah, it does me good to be here today. It does me good to see you. It's been too long. do I was I was off at RTX in Austin, Texas. Mm. Thank you to the hundreds of you that came to panels, came out to see us, came to autograph signings, did all the crazy shit with us there at RTX. Thank you for your support. Amazing, as always. Colin, what did you play while I was gone? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, uh... Adventures of Mana. Ah, on Vita. yes. The,
1: the Vita Stealth release from yep. last week. So this happened, this route was released the day, of, well, the day of the last posting of PS I Love You. Sure, so but we, we know didn't know it was going to happen. Um, A, I mean, I don't know what Square Enix is thinking with this. Uh, why you would just not say anything and then release it and then just put the PlayStation blog post up. No no hype, nothing. Now, I appreciate that they released it. People asked them to release it and they did, but wh- I don't understand this whole, like, we're just going to put it up. Put it, like up. It, it literally appeared no on the store in Europe before they even said anything. Yeah. So, just from a publisher standpoint, fucking stupid. Um, but uh, the game itself is a remake of uh, Seiken Densetsu or Final Fantasy Adventures. We knew it in the West came out in 1989, 1990 in Japan and 1991 in in uh, America. And I actually had this game on Game Boy and um, it was kind of Zelda like in a way. But I mean, it's not nearly as good as Zelda. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's the original mana game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so... Um, much like the Final Fantasy Legend games, Final Fantasy Legend 1, 2, and 3 were released on Game Boy. These were like more traditional turn-based role-playing games on Game Boy. These, those were actually Saga games. So like you saw later, like Saga Frontier and all those kinds of games. This was the original Madden game, but was renamed much like those Final Fantasy Legend games as a Final Fantasy game to sell it. Sure. Um, so it has like a special place to people. It was remade, I think, on GBA not too long ago. Uh, maybe 10 years ago. What do you uh, think of it?
0: I played it for like maybe 30 minutes. It's very basic, I thought. Yeah, it's very easy. Um, it's funny because like it's, it
1: was scratching an, a specific itch for me and uh, I, I enjoyed playing it. And it was a little nostalgic for me. Um, but it is very easy. It's very straightforward. Um, you don't really die in it. Like it, um, It's obtuse as hell, though, like knowing where to go, the, you know, the um, enemies respawn constantly. It's it's basically like a straight remake of the original in terms of like even the limitations of the original with, you know, the RAM limitations of the Game sure. Boy, so like it wouldn't remember that enemies were killed on the previous exactly. screen and stuff like that. Um, so scratching a specific itch, it's not like a great game, but I, I think it's fine. Um, it's good. The thing was, and I tweeted about this this weekend, was that I reached a point in the game where I was actually trapped, and this was, a, this was like stuck, like a game-breaking bug, and this was actually something apparently in the original, I don't remember this, but because of the RAM limitations of the original game and the perceived limitations of this particular game, if you go through a locked door and then go use a key on it, and then go a few screens away, then the door locks behind you. Mm. So, I was trapped in Glaive Castle, or Castle Glaive, depending on the version you're playing, I guess, um, between two locked doors, like, in a few rooms, and I couldn't get out. And I was just totally stuck. And I started, like, lo- looking about, the- looking around on this, and people were having the same problem not only on this version of the game, but on Final Fantasy Adventure, the original second Densetsu version sure. as well, on Game Boy, and uh, it's in this one, too. I-, I just don't understand how, even if it's a straight remake, how you... Ha- I, I don't even. I was telling Aaron because Aaron's the one who figured out how to fix this. Yeah, I was this gonna is, say you, te- was you texted
0: p- me that you're gonna rip Square Enix a new asshole today, and I said why? I said game breaking bug, and then you texted back, "Lol, Aaron just figured it out." Yeah. So th- this is a good story,
1: but, but, uh um, you know, I, 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 I don't even remember the last time I reached a game breaking bug in a game. Like, yeah. I don't, that's like that's how inexcusable in 2016 it is. It's not 1985 anymore. 1990 where things do break in games and. There's no way to patch them and there's no way to know and stuff. I mean, there was, you know, even though I think the original Metal Gear had a famous game breaking thing. There was, there was like, there's a lot of stuff. The original, the last game I remember ha- of any consequence having a major game breaking bug was Other M on Wii, mm-hmm. um, had mail which had in. a huge game breaking bug in it. Yeah. Um, th- if you did certain things. Yeah. And you had a mail in your SD card to get them to fix it. Um, so I feel like this was just from a, a perspective, even though we figured out a way around it, totally inexcusable that this is happening in a game in a day of QA testing this must have gone through Square Enix's internal QA this must have definitely gone through Sony's QA and it passes but there's definitely a way to break the game and apparently there's a way to break the game like this in many places in the game
0: Mm.
1: or at least more than one place so
0: how did Aaron figure it out that's what I want to know when you die in the game you're Colin Moriarty
1: I am so Aaron doesn't play games yeah and you know where we play Tetris and stuff, but she doesn't play games really. But she likes to try things out. She plays Hitman Go, and sure. she likes all these. she likes playing the Vita, and so she's like, "Let me try this game." So I'm like, "Okay." Uh, she starts running around, figuring out the game or whatever, and she dies, and it brings you back to Adventures of Mana a screen or whatever, and it says New Game, Continue, and Load Game. Yeah. Now I showed her earlier in the day that, or when she came home from work, I was like so fucking pissed. She's like, "What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, "I I spent all this time with this fucking game. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm just I was so mad that the game. How many hours made... do you think you were in? With I don't you know. So here's an aside, a tangent. This is one of those few Vita games that counts time in real time no matter what. Ah, So I'm literally like 200 hours into the game right now. In other words, you have to like actually close
0: the the game. The Vita's in sleep mode and it's like, I'm still counting. This counts. Yeah, it's like, there's a few games like
1: that. Another fucking completely stupid design thing that literally would have taken two seconds probably to fix. Yeah. Um... Because people, RPG players care about how much time they spend with their games. I'm super crazy about that. I've, I've said in the past that I've restarted games hours and tens of hours into games because I like let the clock go accidentally. I hate yeah. it. I yeah, fucking yeah, hate yeah, it. Yeah,
0: you know, that's not a good look.
1: Um, so uh, we get back to the screen, the splash screen, and I had gone back to the screen and I showed her, I'm like, you know, in a role playing games, typically you make multiple saves for for to to combat issues. And yeah. I was explaining to her the philosophy of save spots and all this kind of, we were getting like really deep into. it. She's like, well, why can't you just save anywhere? I'm like. The idea of the save spot in a role-playing game was to alleviate the possibility that you can break the game by putting yourself in situations you can't get out of. So it only makes you... Safe. So I'm like, it's a very clever workaround. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, then there was the advent of the quick save and all of this kind of stuff. And we were getting all this thing in there and it's, it's pertinent information because... Um, I showed her my saves, and I'm like, the one time or the, the, that I don't make multiple saves, just be careful, because I never need them. I make multiple saves, and then I'm like, why do I have yeah, all these exactly. saves? exactly. I have like 75 boxes. I showed her, I have 19 empty slots, and then my one save or whatever with 150 hours. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's not really, I've been playing for 10 or 12 hours, I don't know. Yeah. And um, it was just still a lot of time. I don't have a lot of time anymore to play games. I was really mad. I'm like, I, I invested a lot of time into this yeah, game. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, and so I was like, look, so I go to continue, and I'm like, it just takes my most recent save, but... It was taking a quick save, a, like a, a stealth quick save that was made. And she, when she died, went to load game and loaded it up. And I was outside of the castle. There you go. And I'm like, fucking A. <laughs> you know? <laughs> How long did you spend being fucked in the castle, you think? I ran around that castle probably three hours trying to make this <laughs> particular enemy spawn. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to make it so skeletons drop keys. Yeah, You have to buy keys. And for people that don't have... So in Adventure of man, you have to buy keys. Like, there are locked doors. You have to have key, these things called keys and these things called Maddox. Um that are pickaxes and keys or whatever. the matic eventually is replaced by when you get the morning star you can use it to smash walls but you can get trapped by not having maddox too you can but with the keys you like and people are like dude you have to have like 12 keys at all time just yeah, to be yeah. sure and i'm like you have to be because you only have 20 item slots you sure know? sure and you're picking up all this nonsense so anyway that's this philosophy of that story i i was fucking in fury i was furious are you still game. playing it? Or you, yeah, I mean, you? well, I haven't played it since. When she fixed it, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go and watch Kirby Enthusiasm. We're, gotcha, gotcha. We're watching Kirby Enthusiasm all the way through again. But you think you're going to get back to the secret of the, the mana? Oh, yeah, I, I like it. it. And, and, and I want to encourage... See, this is the kind of thing where I'm like... I Am Setsuna is another Square game that's not coming to Vita now. It's coming to PS4. It came to Vita in Japan. Yeah. And it's a it's a beloved Chrono Trigger-like role-playing game that people are really excited about. It comes to PS4 in only a few weeks. Um, and I was wondering, I'm like is this signal? is that they're gonna bring that over too in a secret way? Or are they seeing how this game sells? Mm. Now, the mm. word out of Japan is I am Satsuna does not run well in Vita, and that might be one of the reasons why it might not be in the game. Apparently, it just doesn't run well. Sure, well, um, I bring it out. Or in, in, the, in the region or whatever. But nonetheless, I kind of want it's like $11 or $12 or something like that. I think it's actually kind of worth the money, and maybe we can send Square Enix a message. Um, that even though it's kind of a, a fine game it's not a great game by any yeah, stretch of yeah. the imagination and it's broken in its own way just avoid those breaking things use a walkthrough or something
0: see on the plane I jumped in and started playing it and I was like okay I see what's going it didn't scratch my itch so I just went back to Odin Sphere and just played that the whole way love that Odin Sphere because
1: as I said last week I downloaded Ro- Rebel Galaxy not, didn't scratch an itch I downloaded that that 8 bit or that, that beat em up fucking Dead yeah. Isle game I haven't played yet and I downloaded Pure Solar which I started playing and it's a great game that was originally as we said a Genesis game and a Dreamcast game made you know a few years ago um, and so that's just like had, an, I, I, so I have this role playing game want right now. Sure. What I've been playing around with the idea is of course, maybe, maybe it's time to actually go back to persona. Yeah. Yeah. It um, You're it seems out of time. like it's a dead time here. I'm not really running out of time. You I mean, I got, thought about you it because, only
0: got half a year. Well,
1: that's what I was thinking. About, like, oh, the game comes out in September. I don't have much time, but actually no, it doesn't. It comes out in February here. Right. So, um, and we're obviously not going to import it. We can't read Japanese. So, sure. um, so I was thinking about it, it, it. I look at it every so often on my screen. You should do it. And I'm like, mm, get back you know? in there. Helps but it's such it an investment. Out. The thing is, is, I played like five, six, seven hours of it, yeah. you know, some months ago, and I actually really liked it. I was like, wow, this is actually really fucking great. Yeah. The weird thing about it is, and I can do it on PS2, I guess, but the weird thing is, is that I kind of want to play it on PS4. That was kind of the weird thing. I walked away from it where hmm. I'm like, it's fine on Vita, but actually
0: there's just no pleasing me. You know. Apparently. Yeah. So You should play Persona for sure. You got to get it out of the way get going you know what else i played since last time we talked was that pac-man 256 Oh yeah, so you that's a it. lot of fun that's a lot of fun yeah. i really really like that game yeah i like the progression i like earning more unlocks i like just playing till you die trying to get better chains doing all these different things cool good job Pac-Man. yeah i have to uh have to get that on my
1: system it's uh amongst the the games in the ether the right download now. list
0: the never-ending download list
1: <laughs> what um uh, well, i guess we'll get into it in a while there's actually some interesting games coming out but we'll talk about that later i guess uh that will scratch the itch in the triple a kind of there's a dearth of triple a games right now which is mm-hmm. fine yeah no it's so.
0: good but catch up mm-hmm. get some bre- time to breathe mm-hmm. i'm gonna play that inside game on the xbox yeah I more so that bad
1: boy. we had ryan mccaffrey over f- on thursday when you were at rtx uh for colin and greg live and he was really singing the praises of that game yeah everybody apparently is. it's only three hours long so yeah, I um, it will come over tonight. but i, I but I, I do think that i can probably just get it out of. it's way. like i don't want to wait it's not mm-hmm. like tomb raider where it's like a 15 or 20 hour investment i'm not doing that sure um so yeah, and and but the thing is, is about about inside. So for people that don't know, inside Xbox One and PC exclusive for now, uh, made by Playdead. Right, um, these are the Limbo. guys that made Limbo, and I actually don't think Limbo is like Limbo m- anything more than a really interesting, good game. Like I, I don't understand this like Limbo. Fucking people love Limbo, and I'm like I don't I get Limbo. it. I love Limbo. I don't just think it. Limbo got oversold is all. You I think that's I mean? probably, the, that's what we discussed too is I think that's probably the Limbo
0: problem. Limbo was, I remember seeing that when it first debuted at GDC in the indie arcade and you went over and you played it and you're like, this is awesome. This, these puzzles are cool. It's dark. It's they got this different feel to it. And then by the time that drum was getting beat so hard it came out people played it and that's when everybody got crazy about it and it's a game that never went away because it limped out onto all these other systems after the fact
1: yeah i think i i played it i think i actually did play it on 360 but not until i think i played it on ps3 too but I, I think not until like much later so i think it was a
0: victim of its own hype, total but, victim of hype where but, uh, everybody says this game's amazing this game's amazing you sit down you expect something amazing you get a good game but it's not exactly yeah what it want. didn't it didn't like i think it's a good game i think it's an interesting game yeah i think it's really pretty
1: um, but like people are super inside, but in, So I, I'm wondering if like I'll have same a similar thing. reaction. Yeah, to same this. Thing.
0: that's why I'm trying to get on it now. Just jump on it before I know anything other than it's already hyped through the roof. It's getting perfect tens or whatever. Yeah, yeah but I'm just looking for. A but three game. hours, like you know, whatever. So not a not a bad investment. I might just get it on PC. I mean, my laptop will run it. Sure, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know. We have t-shirt Tuesday returning right now, July 5th. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, head over to kind of slash store where you can get an exclusive Vita Island t-shirt and poster. It's only available for 24 hours. So if you're listening to this after midnight Wednesday, you fucked up and I apologize for that. You should probably follow us on Twitter where we talk about these things. If you didn't know this is PS. I love you XOXO. It is kind of funny.com's PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet and it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on kind of and podcast services around the globe so subscribe to the youtube channels do all that stuff keep up with everything colin Mm. let's begin the show with what is and forever will be roper's report (laughs) time for (laughs) some news there are 10 items on the list a baker's dozen now the most important news is that kevin didn't set up the camera i did i just want to make sure the shot looks crisp damn that looks good look at how good you look i I focused on your face and it looks good a lot of people focus on my face yeah it's hard not to
1: my mouse is broken. Did
0: you trim everything up? Because you, you look clean. It looks clean. Your yeah. Hair, d- oh, Your hairlines on. and such. Yeah, thanks. No yeah, I, did, I
1: did trim everything up. Everything. Why am I on Facebook? I don't need to be here right now. Okay, number one. If you have an active PlayStation Plus subscription, these are the six free games you can look forward to acquiring in July of 2016. On PlayStation 4, Fury will be free, as well as Saints Row Gat Out of Hell. Fury is a new brand game. Brand new, brand new game. Uh, looks pretty cool. Boss attacks. On PlayStation 3, you can download Call of Juarez Bound in Blood and Fat Princess for free. And on PS Vita, Orishika Tainted Bloodlines, which is like kind of a first party role playing game. It's not very good. Uh it it's terrible though. No, it's about family lineage and like I don't know. And Prince of Persia Revelation, which I actually think is a PSP game, yeah. uh, will also be free of charge. So again, uh, PS4 Fury and Saints Row Get Out of Hell, PS3 Call of Juarez Bound in Blood and Fat Princess and Vita Orishika and Prince of Persia
0: revelation how do you feel about this lineup because people always yell about this lineup it's f- bad it's a bad lineup yeah now, now uh, there are some good games in there I, I think is is gonna be good and fat princess is a great game I think PlayStation 4 is kind of strong in terms of like breaking down by the the consoles on there or whatever the platforms on there people liked get out of hell we didn't we've never been Saints Row folks but they enjoyed that yeah I guess Fury's th- brand new which is always cool to get yeah, a new game I guess bad is actually kind
1: of hyperbolic because call of war is actually isn't even that bad either so, yeah. Yeah, so I don't
0: remember that being good but um
1: yeah. The Vita stuff starting to really disappoint me. It's not where she is bad. It's not that it's not a bad game to get for free. It's It's just not a great game. It's just like where like I I like they don't seem to be focusing too much on indies anymore. Like and I like I actually think that was the kind of the fun is having like Rogue Legacy or something like that as a a game that like really get your your mitts into some I don't know whatever. Number two. Speaking of PlayStation Plus, Sony has revealed just how many paying subscribers are currently reaping the benefits of the service. Sony's Andrew House revealed that the number sits at 20.8 million paid subscribers, which constitutes around half of the PlayStation 4 user base, though it's important to note that PS Plus can also be used across PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita as well. So, in other words, it doesn't necessarily mean everyone on PlayStation 4 or half of PlayStation 4's audience. There's still people using PS3 and Vita We're as their primary Vita. console. Assuming all 20.8 million subscribers paid $49.99 for a yearly subscription, Sony is grossing roughly $1
0: billion annually from the service. Damn, son. Not bad. No. No. It's gonna be interesting to see how that number goes, though. I feel like all we hear now is people complaining about PlayStation Plus. Yeah. For so long, it was great. It, everybody was happy with it, and now people aren't happy with the games. They're not using the multiplayer.
1: Well, people are hard to please. I do agree, though, that you know I used to really sing the praises of PS Plus back in the day. You, people have to remember when we were at IGN, when PS Plus was re- revealed, everyone hated it. You you're like. Does. Yeah, and we were the ones that were like, it's actually a great service. Like, I, I, I want to go back and dig up some of those articles. Like, people fucking hated PlayStation Plus for people that don't remember.
0: Yeah. I think it was 2010. We just people, ran through, we just ran the, the, the itemized list of what we had, what we had, what we spent for the year and then what we were getting. Right. Was. And I kept doing this math
1: being like, and I think actually Sony cited my math a few times because, you know, they used to like email us and ask us if we can use this. That, yeah. And yeah. They, as they do. Um, and I was like, it's, so clearly a great service but now i do think it's not and i don't want to say in the decline but it's certainly in like a like a interesting different place yeah like i just feel like the games aren't as interesting they might not be willing to pay for the games that they need to get they're also going through a lot of games so like over time you're losing the, like every time you have a free game you conceivably can't make it free again because people just put it back in their download list and then if you bring up infamous again in three years after you had it for free but we're gonna fucking flip out even worse so sure so they're they're kind of in a, between a rock and a hard place My, the interesting thing I think is gonna be like why not drop they can start experimenting with things I don't think that people are gonna like these kinds of things but like get rid of a Vita game get rid of a PS3 game have three PS4 games yeah
0: you know that's the always big promise
1: a new game every month or that's something the, like
0: the that. big thing right is the fact that the PlayStation 3 and Vita I don't think you're gonna see good titles on anymore because they just don't care who cares no Sony doesn't care about the Vita They're not going to try to get you motivated to buy a Vita. That's not a selling point for you. If you're a Vita audience, in the Vita audience, if you're on Vita Island, you already own most of the Vita games you'd ever want from Mm. this. So you're not going to care about that. PS3 is, for all intents and purposes, dead. You know what I mean? Like, it's gone. It's it's sailed off into its 10-year life cycle. You only care about PS4 for the most part. And then you're going to get there. Yeah, and it's like, all right, Fury is a brand new game. So it could be good. It could be bad. And then Saints Row, did you already buy or play or try? No. It's up to you it will be interesting to see what they figure. The way they could do it is October they come out and knock out one of the platforms, both the platforms, and then add in PSVR. Yeah, that'd that's be, that'd be an exciting way of like, all right, cool. You bought, you went off and you bought this thing and you subscribe to our loyalty program here, PlayStation Plus. So yeah, we'll give you a, v, a VR game or experience. I like that every year. That's a great idea. Right, I'm sorry, month. You're not you don't have good ideas very often, but that's a good one. <sighs> I
1: fucking don't like you. Number three. A source has indicated to the Wall Street Journal that Sony will not only release the now-confirmed Neo iteration of PlayStation 4 this year, but that the company will also release a slimmed-down old PlayStation 4 this year as well. This is one of my E3 predictions. <clears throat> Damien Thong of, of Macari Securities told Wall Street Journal, according to the paper, that, quote, Sony might also introduce a slimmer version of the PlayStation, and, quote, those, quote, Sony declined to comment on that possibility, and quote. The launch might happen at or around Tokyo Game Show in September, according to Thong. This would be an interesting thing. I still think that this has to be in the cards, because... Just to get this PS4 out of uh, off the shelves, make a slimmer, sexier version of it that will sell cheaper, as uh, to give more of a price discrepancy between this and the Neo, to give the Neo more value, can conce- perceive value. Sure. So I think I do think that that's kind of a given. But I
0: I, was, I thought it was gonna be d 3 yeah, The fact that they're playing this all so close to their chest, the fact that aren't really very dates, weird, very very weird, and you wonder how much Scorpio had to do with it.
1: I also think that Neo, I still, uh, from a practical sim, I mean, it, it's not you have to be. <laughs> The Neo is going to happen like I really feel like that they, they got flanked by Scorpio in a way yeah. but like the components are ordered the things done probably people have their 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 dev kits it's like I don't know like I I don't know what you can do I just think that they're
0: uh, I don't want to talk about it anymore number four we'll see I still want to see them talk about it period not <laughs> just too. Andrew House having a fucking interview come out and sell this thing what does it do yeah me too I'll be interested we're going to wake up one day and they're going to yeah it'll be everyone I mean chances are it's happening tonight Yeah, We'll have edited this show and they'll fucking do something on the blog tonight, you sons of bitches.
1: Number four. Bioshock The Collection is real and has been officially revealed by publisher 2K. The collection will cost $59.99 and will come with the original Bioshock, Bioshock 2, and Bioshock Infinite, along with all single-player DLC released across the trilogy. The games will run in 1080p at 60 frames and will launch on September 13th in the States with release elsewhere in the world a few days later. Blind Squirrel Games is the studio behind the port. The studio also worked in some respect on Evolve, Sunset Overdrive, Disney Infinity 3.0, Borderlands, Borderlands 2, XCOM: Enemy Unknown, and Bioshock Infinite. So they were probably a, a contracting studio doing yeah. art assets or something like that, or some, you know, some in some whatever they were doing. Well, for people that don't know, smaller studios that are, uh, Drinkbox Studios is a great example. Um, smaller studios that try to gain funds to make their own game will often contract their work out to other studios in a ghostwriting almost fa- fashion to do. Asset building or coding of some sort yeah, environments uh, multiplayer, whatever. So this seems to be what they did on these games I don't know in what respect they did, but just for people that are confused I how they worked on a volume. They
0: probably wrote the story for Bioshock Infinite mm. Someone
1: had to number five if you don't yet have a pre-order for PlayStation VR You're probably you've probably missed your window to get your hands on a unit at launch a new wave of pre-orders for PSVR Launched last week and according to GameStop allocations were gone in minutes. Sony has said that pre-orders are officially done meaning if you didn't get one and still want one to launch your options are extremely limited.
0: You fuck son.
1: So you have to assume that everything's going to be spoken for at launch, but it, but maybe not. I mean maybe you can go to Best Buy. They'll or, still
0: have yeah, there'll still be lines for it, but then you have to it'll be like every other time there's a console launch you didn't pre-order right. How many units did they get? Mm. What are they actually going to have on shelves? How early is you have to line up? What's funny by the way Greg about this
1: is and I show you you've been seeing the tweets as well because a week or two ago we talked about how they're starting to go around the stores to to show PSVR to people and I said to like, you know, go go to the site Look up if they're going to be around you. Go play it. And we are getting a lot of tweets from people being like, you guys were right about this. That The PSVR really is fantastic. I'm fucking telling you guys um, that this thing has a lot of potential. And it's cool to see that people that don't have the capability of going to shows and waiting on lines for hours don't have access to them like we do. These people are seeing these things for the first time. It's exciting. It's like exciting to see people like been reading about this for years, but have not put on the headset.
0: You know? N-W-O Hollywood wrote into to slash PSQ, just like you can. It says, hey guys, over the past weekend, I was able to try a demo of PlayStation VR at Best Buy, and I have to say that I'm impressed. Very impressed. I've used a Samsung Gear headset in the past and liked it, but I still wasn't sold on VR. But PlayStation VR has successfully made me a believer in the technology. And as far as gaming goes, I'll say this. It is by far the best gaming experience I've ever had bold words mm-hmm. but this is what we're talking about every time you when you put vr on for the first time you always say it's a religious experience mm-hmm. it's, it's something that you totally feel different in and you it's weird every time i put it on for the first time or every time i put it on i should say for a session after a long for a break a, well, just a session some vr mm-hmm. you know how i do it's a crazy to be in a new world transplanted transplanted in a new space and have you know the room go to being a giant airplane hanger or whatever yeah i think that it's uh, i mean we've
1: we've, we've talked about it like ad nauseum like the There are times where I think about PSVR. I think about just Oculus or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I get excited about the possibilities. And I also get excited about playing the games that I already played. A lot of people have been tweeting saying E-Valkyrie is the game. Just like for me, that really sold them on this. And I'm like, I'm fucking telling you guys. This is, it's just really remarkable the first time you go into that 3D
0: space. Yeah. And Um, like you're saying, like it's been all weekend long. People throughout these Best Buy experience tweeting both of us mm -hmm. about this. Yeah, it's great. Uh, On this thread, Raka wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and said, Hello, Colin and Greg. My question is this. Do you guys think VR will have a chance to be successful as a new platform for gaming and other experiences and be able to make it into the mainstream households around the world? More so now than ever before. The success of a product can depend so much on what we read about on social media and other platforms. So do you feel the obligation to make it successful is on manufacturers, developers, or gamers, or is it a combined effort?" It's on the companies to make this matter. If you're going to put it out here and sell it, I think VR is on Sony to prove it. Just like with what we're talking about with Neo. Sony has to come out and explain what the fuck this machine is and why you need it. These VR uh, test beds, these Best Buy experiences are a great way to do it. We've always said that you know you have to use it. You can't watch someone do a demo of it. You can't watch a video of it. You have to put it on your face and really understand what it's like to be in that experience. Now, what was interesting is another email or, or another couple on kids in the, in the comments over at kindofunny.com slash PSQ. We're talking about the fact that They went to the Best Buy experiences, loved the Best Buy experiences. People left, like literally, went from "this is awesome," walked over and bought their PS4, and then walked off. They were that thing, but there was a uh, this undercurrent to it of it's still Sony fucking up in a way, in the way that literally everybody at their session played it and was like, "this is fucking awesome," and then they were like, "all right, where do I pre-order?" and like, "oh, we don't have any of those. You can't buy you know this thing. You can't pre-order right now." Like, we're all out of pre-orders. There's nothing for you... To, you know what I mean? Like, it was a part I never thought about. I mean, yeah, you're yeah. making... You're having people play this thing. Oh, they're, they're so obnoxious. They're taking it off, going like, this is fucking amazing. Here's my money. And they're like, oh, I can't take it. We're Sorry, the pre-orders are all out for right now. Yeah. The, the other, the,
1: so, yeah, as Sony often does, they fuck up. Um, so... Uh, they... The funny thing about this is that the, 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 the problems weren't limited to that, although... That is an endemic fucking problem. Um, The problem also is that the people that were using these things had no idea what the fuck, like, or at least from from anecdotally from what I've been reading, is that a lot of these people that were demoing had no idea what the fuck they were talking about. Oh, sure. Um, you know, so how like that there, goes. So there like was like
0: our a, E3 demo of like Zelda and, and I was like, "Oh, what about this?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't know, I only know this demo."
1: And people also or at least one guy was saying, and I don't know if but maybe it was more than one person that was saying anecdotally to me that they went and the person didn't even show up like the person to show the headset. Oh yeah, there, there was
0: one up. that we saw that somebody tweeted both of us. Yeah, they, they waited in line for hours and then nobody ever came to turn on the demo or whatever. It's like, so Sony re- does need to get its
1: act together in this way, but this Sony, I mean, this is what Sony I mean, does. It, so It's not
0: even that as much as like this <clears> is what happens when you hire out contractors to do this thing. But then like the the pre-orders thing I never thought of. I just never thought of like, yeah, yeah you're right. People are going to take it off and be like this is great and like I can't but it's not in stores yet and when it comes out It's gonna be really hard to find so to the question of will VR be successful. I think you and I are both on the same page that This generation is going to be moderately successful Like I think getting units in hands and like price points and all that But it does have the potential to be not as big but be a wee kind of thing where, you know, you're going to buy this in October and you're going to go to your parents house at Thanksgiving or they're going to come over and you are going to like put this on, try this out. And then they are going to have that. Holy crap. This is amazing. Do I think then they're going to go out and buy a PlayStation 4 and this and spend seven, eight hundred dollars to get all the stuff they need? No, but there's going to be people who do that. There are going to be families and there's going to be friends that are like, holy shit, this is amazing. And I want to do it.
1: Yeah, I think I'm actually so I do agree with with your assessment. I will say I'm getting more bullish um, based on the pre order hype. Sure. for these things. There is a latent demand for this this thing. People can't get their, their pre-orders. Those things are going in minutes that happened the first time they happened too. So we don't know how many hundreds of thousands or millions of these things are selling. I think they want to do one or 1.5 million in the first, what, two one or two quarters or something. So they're not they like being so, yeah. super ambitious. For context, PlayStation 4 when it launched in November 2013 sold a million units in the United States in one day. So that's not, that's not, PSVR is a niche item compared to the, the PS4, but I am becoming more bullish based on, Pre, the, the hype that's going on in in media spheres, the hype of people that are finally playing it for the first time at shows and in these these little kiosks, and the pre order numbers seem to be very strong for PSVR. Um, it will be dependent on the games launch lineup. Um, the launch lineup seems like it's, and we're going to talk about it. It seems like it's it's coming together, and it's not going to be anything that's going to like blow you away. But by yeah. the end of December, you're going to have some cool stuff to play on it. And I think Resident Evil Seven is going to be the first like real game we're going to get of like a meaty single player variety. I could be wrong, um, but I do feel like see a lot of people and you compare it to Wii and I think that there's there's something there but think about the rubber band effect of the Wii and PlayStation Move and all these motion controls people don't want to fucking play like that yeah. they don't I mean it was it was a cool novelty but everyone was like go, you know doing like the, the, the Wii music guy from fucking E3 in 2009 yeah, yeah. Where, and then suddenly no one wants to play that shit anymore they didn't and Wii died quickly it sold meteorically and then it just fucking died sure and PlayStation sure, Move obviously shovelware. didn't do anything either now the Move controllers and all that have something in the vibe and all that have their motion controllers but there's a rubber band effect where everyone's like, "No, we like playing with a controller," but I don't. Th- so it's so it's a gimmick, right? But VR to me isn't a gimmick. Like it's it's a way to play. It's going to be here in 50 years. Like I still think we're going to play on TVs in 50 you. years. But I do think that, or monitors of some sort. But I do think that VR isn't like we in the sense that it is a it is a new novel way to play. It is it is an advancement
0: like going to 3D. The but danger an is, the danger is that yeah I don't think inherently vr is a gimmick but i think the easy way to use it is a gimmick and so if it is that we get the first year all these experiences quote unquote that are shoehorning vr in and it is a gimmick and it is that that's when you get into the same part what killed the wii was the fact that nobody took advantage of it, it all became shovelware we're just doing mini games over and over and mm-hmm. over again nobody wanted that in the end that's the thing that could easily happen here. That if it does start, we're just going to start pumping out experiences like mm. Gary the Gull, and we never, we never evolve from that to the next step. That's when you get into a dangerous, that fucking bastard, Gary, that the fucking Gull. Gary the Gull. I wasn't even looking at you, and you were trying to steal my food. Where, where is the interactivity, Gary? Number six, Resident Evil Seven
1: was announced at E3 and quickly jumped up, up to or near the top of many gamers' most anticipated list. The PS4 and PSVR game, as well as Xbox One, set for launch on January twenty fourth, two thousand seventeen, has officially been downloaded. More than uh, two uh, two million times in demo form, and Copcom is teasing that there are still unknown secrets in the demo. <gasps> very PT like, if you want. Yeah, me. I, wonder, so I wonder. So there, so there are, yeah, so there are. Uh, so apparently, it's selling very or demoing very well. People are excited about it. I'm stoked about it. I have no interest in playing that demo. I want to go in totally fresh. Yeah. Although I don't think that demo is actually going to be in the game. Number seven. It appears that Bethesda is facing significant issues in bringing mod support to the PlayStation 4 version of Fallout 4. A tweet from the company indicated that not even the company knows when it'll have more information to share about possible solutions and a release date. The issue reportedly has to do with PlayStation 4's memory and performance, specifically with resources allocated to running the mods from the machine. So so it's basically how the it's very similar, as we said on Colin and Greg Live, it sounds like to why PlayStation 3 had a problem running Skyrim. It's because of the way the architecture splits the resources and mm-hmm. Xbox One allows for more flexibility in this particular way, I guess. But you know also, As people that listen to the show Know I don't know What I'm talking
0: about With that stuff Bethesda just hates PlayStation Let's just admit it yeah, Call it really spade a spade At this point Can't
1: wait to play Skyrim on PS4 At 5 frames a second Just to <laughs> fucking It was running a 10 On PS3 But they're like Fuck you guys <laughs> Number 8 Bloomberg reports That PlayStation's Foray into streaming Television PlayStation View Is doing fairly well Oh really And debuted in March of 2015 And has since then Garnered over 100,000 Paying subscribers One source told Bloomberg The number is closer To 120,000 subscribers So Pretty interesting numbers Yeah we have a few friends I know who use it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know some people that use it, too. Number nine. Sony is officially ceasing core support of Ustream on PlayStation 4. It's a little bit of an oddity. As of August 1st, you will no longer be able to broadcast gameplay to Ustream from PlayStation 4, nor view broadcast from Ustream on your PlayStation 4. Twitch is one. Ustream will still work in a piecemeal approach to get gameplay onto YouTube and Twitch, but will no longer function as a live broadcasting tool as of that date. Ustream lost...
2: They, they did. I remember Switch. having the
1: CEO in IGN uh, before PS4 launch and interviewed him about UStream support, and I, it seemed like it was going to be a big. I didn't even know what the fuck Twitch or UStream was in 2013, so sure, I don't think anyone did. Well, a lot of people did. I didn't. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Number ten, anticipated VR game Super Hypercube has been confirmed as a PSVR launch title and will come out alongside the headset on October 13th. This is the wrap up, by the way. Gotcha. Likewise, rhythm game Thumper will also come out alongside PSVR on October 13th. 16-bit shooter Assault St- Assault Suit Lanus launches on PlayStation 4. On July 12th. And finally, free to play MMORPG Neverwinter will come to PlayStation 4 on July 19th. And that is it for Robert's Report.
0: Now, Colin, you know that I am pumped to thump and thumper on PlayStation VR, but that's a ways away. If I wanted to know what came to the mom and grop shops, both digital and brick and mortar, where would I go? You go to the
1: official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, and sometimes PSP software. By the kind of funny (laughs) co-founders.
0: Is Ryan Clements back yet? Is he doing these things or is he still on Eternity leave? You're right. Whatever. The Banner Saga 2
1: comes to PS4 Digital. The award-winning adventure continues in the Banner Saga 2. The epic story-based RPG continues its emotional journey across a breaking world. Bold leadership decisions, wise use of resources, and skillful battle tactics are vital to ensure your Viking clans make it through alive. If played, your choices will carry over from the first game, or you can start fresh. With new preset characters. Pretty cool. Pretty
2: cool. I haven't you finished say, the original I Saga. I,
1: I, I really would like to get back to that game. That game was really pretty fucking cool. Do you think
0: you're going or are you going to jump?
1: I don't know. No, I'm gonna definitely play. not going to jump in and see without playing the first one, but okay. the uh, without beating the first one, but I really did dig that game. Yeah, it just it came out at not a great time, but I, remember, I played it the fuck out of it. It's hard. It's good. Gave me an, it, it gave me an itch for something a little more Final Fantasy tactics like them. Carmageddon Max Damage comes to PS4 digital and retail. This one's out on the 8th, so this is actually a Friday release. It says, Carmageddon Max Damage is the driving sensation where your opponents are a bunch of crazies in a twisted mix of mad cars. like more than 30 metal mangling vehicles designed for the job and wrecking opponents chasing down pedestrians and causing maximum chaos. These opponents are Crazy! Energy Hook comes to PS4 Digital. This was also announced, if I remember correctly, for Vita a long time ago, so I don't know what's going on with that. But it says, Energy Hook challenges you to chain together sequences of tricks, wall runs, and stylish moves for massive scores. Hurdle through time challenges by using tricks to gain speed and seek out collectibles hidden throughout the levels. Energy Hook is a challenging game that requires a great deal of finesse and practice to master. Do you have what it takes? I don't think I do. Fury comes to PS4 Digitally. You were captured. See what they did to you. The jailer is the key. Kill him and you'll be free. Fight your way free in this ultra-responsive, fast-paced sword fighting and dual-stick shooting game. Terrible write-up.
0: Womp womp
1: womp. But it's free, so what the
0: fuck do they care? Hawken comes to PS4. You're gonna get it if you got it. Hawken comes to PS4 digitally.
1: This is also a Friday release on the 8th. War is a machine. Hawken is a multiplayer FPS that places you inside a mechanized war machine on the battlefield of a dystopian world. With tactical, fast-paced gameplay and customizable and upgradable mechs across multiple competitive modes, Hawken is explosively fun
0: here's what i'll say Mm. i feel like hawken came out on pc in like 2008 let's look when i i don't i thought it's just i mean i've I've heard this name many a time. i'm so confused at the hawken Hawken. legacy and how where where does it where what am i is there just hawken came to open beta
1: on pc in 2012 okay it came to xbox one on the first of this month and then the eighth on ps4
0: okay Oh, here's here's your problem again with these open betas. Yep. Started did you that, see? Did you see David Jaffe's tweet? No, what
1: did he say? He's starting shit. No, he sure isn't. Let me let me look it up for you. Let me just click on this. Go ahead, click yeah, click around. And then Jaffe, I'm gonna yeah. click on
0: this. See, this is what we're talking about. We always talk about with the problem with these open betas. Your guns ups. When then they really release and you don't know. It just I I feel like I'm sick of hearing about Hawking because I remember having to. Not having to, I guess. But playing Hawking at a Comic Con, I guess in 2012. I don't know what the hell's happening anymore. What's Jaffe saying? Jaffe tweets on July 1st
1: in the morning. This is kind of funny. Vids thinks we, with a he dot a, dot replied us. So kind of funny. Vids thinks we need to withhold Drawn to Death so it'll pop and have more hype when it releases. A bit of hype when it releases. What you think? Okay. And then he gave a little poll. Six hundred fifty-nine votes. Sixty-five percent say kill private access now. Thirty-five percent said more access to improve game. And here's some of the, the feedback from the people that were responding. Colin Martin says, go away for a bit. Give us a reason to get hyped and add a platinum trophy. Erica says, I think they had a good point in terms of messaging. Make it clear when it's releasing and build hype. Gary Jones says, to be fair, you guys know way better than we do. Continue making the games you love and I'll support them. Uh, now, I'm going to dispute that not from a game. David Jaffe knows how to make games. Of course, he knows what he's doing. I And he, he doesn't. He knows how to make a game better than almost anyone. That's not what we're disputing at all. I don't think Sony knows better about what they're doing with these games, though. I don't. I think that they're making a huge mistake because sure. there's too many of these open betas. There's too many of these things. I think. So it's I don't. I don't necessarily with, agree that they know better than us with the, drawn, the
0: gamers. And inter- I'm not saying you and me. With Drawn to death this weekend. I saw Jaffe put up a tweet with a code to download or get your access or whatever. And it's just like, wow, well, it's a landmine. It could go either way. I don't want to see. I like. I like what I've seen of Drawn to Death. Yeah. I want to play the final version of Drawn to Death. I don't feel like beta testing it. And that and this is me being lazy, of course, and busy and everything no, else. No, it's you being practical. Why the fuck would you want to beta test a game for a year?
1: You know, like, yeah. you don't Not that you have to. I don't know what you mean. Gary Jones says, to be fair, you... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Where did that one? Uh, Dion- Dionisio Sanchez Jr. says, uh, so I got plenty of gaming on this one, blah, 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 Clint Farley says, it is tough to tell. It really depends on when it's released and what it releases against. That is also a big deal. TJ... Too, um TGK Alex says, kill it and reopen that theme park later with all the trimming,
0: explo- trimming exploding over social media and consoles. Um, just go just go dark. Remember that? When the, the when the submarine would go down and we wouldn't know what was happening with games and then they would surface and they'd launch missiles and we're like, that's how you launch a video game. Like launching nukes from a submarine.
1: Ari Conrad says, I think with a smaller undertaking, great balance is going to be super crucial to success and perception. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so a little bit of a mix there, but 65 to 35%. Um it was more even than that before I retweeted it on a kind of funny business account though. Mm-hmm. So there's worth that noting as well. So yeah, I, I think that David Jaffe knows how to make a great game. He's a friend of our of ours in our show, and he's a great man and a great game developer. Great American. And he's a great American. There's no fucking doubt about that. Happy Independence Day, by the way. But uh but I do think that Sony might be shitting the bed with what they're trying to do with this game. Um We'll see. We will. It's, it would be a shame because It looks fucking awesome. Yeah, it's fun to play. Uh, You and I I aren't even like arena-based shooter guys. No, but I just love the idea. I would love to play that in single-player mode. Sure. So, let's see. Lost Sea comes to PS4 Digital. Ah. We've had this for a while, but it's uh, finally... I haven't played it yet. I finally did play it. Did you like it? Nah, it let me down. Okay. (laughs) After a freak storm over the Atlantic, you find yourself stranded on the shores of a mysterious island. Do you have what it takes to escape the Lost Sea? Lost Sea is an action-adventure game set inside the Bermuda Triangle. Recruit a crew of survivors who can help you explore the hazardous islands as you hunt for the artifacts needed
0: to survive. It's very much what you were talking about, scratching an itch. On paper, it sounded neat. I like the screenshots. I jumped into it, and it's super basic. It feels almost like a mobile game. And then whenever that happens, I'm like, why is this not on Vita? Because the guy pops up with the word bubbles and everything I was Like, all right, like, what are we doing here? And then we're yeah. running around. I get this guy. I didn't play for a long time because it, it. it wasn't fitting what I wanted to do. I'm not totally saying it's garbage or anything like that. It just seemed like it's not a great game.
1: Mm. Lumo comes to Vita digitally.
0: It says, witness the rebirth of the genre in Lumo, a classic
1: isometric adventure with a modern twist for gamers young and old alike. As a contemporary take on the long-lost isometric platform game, Lumo can be enjoyed by anyone looking for an absorbing, challenging, and rewarding adventure. With more than 400 rooms across four unique zones, six hidden minigames, and all kinds of secrets to uncover, Lumo is a true voyage of discovery. Oh, a true voyage of discovery, finally. Metal Slug Anthology, which is a PS2 game coming to PS4 with trophies. Says, seven incredible Metal Slug games, Metal Slug, Metal Slug 2, Metal Slug X, Metal Slug 3, Metal Slug 4, Metal Slug 5, and Metal Slug 6 are in in this definitive collection. Your job is to help the regular army defeat General Morden's Rebellion by using a myriad of different characters, vehicles, and weapons. Rocket League Collector's Edition comes to PS4 Retail. Says, soccer meets driving once again in the long-awaited physics-based sequel to the beloved arena classic supersonic acrobatic rocket-powered battle cars. Rocket League equips players with booster-rigged vehicles that can be crashed into balls for incredible goals or epic saves across multiple highly detailed arenas get your team fat flag and finally romance of the three kingdoms 13 comes to ps4 digital and retail the ultimate deception i'm sorry the ultimate depiction of the three kingdoms a heroic drama of gathering legends an experience that will immerse you even deeper into the world of the three kingdoms with human drama seen through the interactions of the heroes of the time and spectacular battles and it is the 30th anniversary of the romance gaming franchise people also have to remember i think romance of the three kingdoms is a famous chinese like epic Okay. That I think it's based on. Gotcha. But I could be wrong about it. Should I look it up? Yeah, why not? Romance of the Three Kingdoms, wiki. Romance of the Three Kingdoms, attributed to Luo Gongzong, is a historical novel set in the turbulent years towards the end of the Han Dynasty and the Three Kingdoms period in Chinese history, starting in 169 AD and ending with the reunification of the land in 280. So I think all of those games, it was published in the 14th century, by the way, all of those
0: games center around that, which is very interesting to me. That's how Koei got put on the map. I think now you're talking about this being an interesting week for releases. Are any of these doing it for you? Well, the lost sea game was interesting to me. Yeah. Metal slug. Again, I'm not saying is interesting lost, to me. Turn your back on lost sea. Bring your expectations. I, think down. I think you are. Bring your, your expectations back down. On. I
1: don't really understand. Why. It's not a Colin game for sure. Well, that's, that's too bad. Then I won't play it. Uh, so, uh, Banner Saga Two, I thought was very interesting. Yeah, uh, Energy Hook looked cool, but I just I just don't want to play it on console. Fury, I boss rush. When I found out, so I saw screens of Fury and like was reading about, it, but when I found out Fury was boss rush boss rush yeah. only, I'm like, I don't like that kind of shit. There was a game on PS3. The fuck was it? Very Japanese. Um, it came to Vita. That was boss rush. It was fucking bad. Uh, what the fuck was it I just don't like games like that I like sure. to like, we, like a story. Same, same reason why I'm glad at Xbox they took Cuphead back uh, and like made it a game you yeah, know but i heard people don't like the platform levels yeah well I mean we did a video on it, it doesn't look very good now but Yeah, at least yeah. they tried uh, but yeah other than that Romance of the Three Kingdoms I feel like I played a romance game on PS2
0: okay not, not for, for me
1: so anyway I think it's interesting for Metal Saga I think it's interesting for Banner Saga okay Um, I mean not a great week this is a week of just
0: sure this is what we're saying We're in the holdover. Mm -hmm. We're in a space between spaces. We're chilling here with Indiana Jones and his friends. Indeed. Colin. Yes. Time for topic of the show. Tots, 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 Tots. This one is what we always talk about here on the PlayStation podcast. Xbox. I'm going to read you a story from IGN.com. Colin, are you ready? Yes. All Microsoft published games will now be Xbox Play Anywhere. This is from Joe Scrabbles over at IGN, which is a made up name. It's probably Steve Buss writing under a made up name. Microsoft, has revealed that all games it publishes will now be part of the Xbox Play Anywhere program. On the Windows blog, spotted by Video Gamer, Corporate Vice President Youssef Mahid writes... Every new title published for Microsoft Studios will support Xbox Play Anywhere and will be easily accessible in the Windows Store. Xbox Play Anywhere was introduced at E3 2016. Included games will be cross-buy and cross-play across Xbox One and Windows 10 PC. This means means a single purchase will unlock the game across both platforms and saves and achievements will be transferred across both versions. ReCore is currently the first scheduled Xbox Play Anywhere release, coming on September 13th, with the likes of Forza Horizon 3, Gears of War 4, and Cuphead joining later. IGN also has a list of Xbox Play Anywhere titles so far. You have Gears of War 4, Phantom Dust, Killer Instinct, Forza Horizon 13, Cuphead, ReCore, Slime Rancher, The Culling, Everspace, Ark Survival Evolved, Sea of Thieves, Scalebound, State of Decay 2, Halo Wars 2, We Happy Few, and Crackdown 3. Forza Horizon 3. Not 13. Just, I said some, 13
1: someone's gonna fucking bust your balls.
0: I said 13. Yeah, you did. Okay,
1: cool. It could be the 13th Forza game uh, Probably is who the hell cares. So I said this to you this morning because I was like this would I thought would be an interesting topic of the sure. show because there's show there's a there's a A very different approach going fork
0: on in the road side. here. Yeah, Xbox and Sony marching in different ways and my instinct on this is that it is a very
1: bad idea from a hardware perspective, but a good idea from a publishing perspective. And so there's a dichotomy here present inherently in, in the decision Microsoft's making. And when I, I wanted to see what you thought of this and how you think it might affect PlayStation. Now, PlayStation has come out on the record and said that this doesn't affect them at all. Sure. Um, but they are a very closed ecosystem.
0: Sure. I mean, my thing with it from their announcement, right, is I don't care and I don't think a lot of people do. I think that based on the... Rea- I mean, let, let's take the microcosm of rtx we were just at right mm. i got to be on the let's play panel with the other you know the other heads uh, quote unquote of the channels we're, we're in the let's play network with so jeff was there bruce was there uh craig from screw attack was there and chris
1: yeah starting chris by the way way to lose i, I re,
0: now i really have to go next year good i'm glad I'm going. i don't mean, actually i'm probably not going to but i really have, you have to, to go. now you yeah. gotta you said you're gonna you come really disappointed right? me. no we had a great t- that dude that, that was that was probably the panel of a lifetime i like, watched like, it like dude like it was Paximania level like I was so proud of that that whole performance yeah you but. guys you guys did a really nice job I had th- I turned it off eventually because something happened where I'm like I can't anymore I blew the dust in the face or Nick put the microphone down his crotch or <laughs> it was awesome such a great time anyways guess. I digress I digress yeah. G- going through that panel it, we were you know pl- playing to the crowd and getting people cheering behind us or whatever and we were talking about it. You know, how everybody shakes down, and how, you know, obviously Jeff's an Xbox guy, we're the PlayStation guys, some other idiots on the panel, they're PC guys, I think these creature dorks. But that was the thing is like the crowd erupted at each one of these. And I don't think it comes down to, I think the PC players are PC players, they're PC players. And Sure, they have an Xbox maybe and a PlayStation maybe for an exclusive that comes here and there But I think they prefer to play it on their PC master race with their millions of frames per second That's beaming it right to their dick or whatever the hell it does and they don't care They I don't think I don't think they're losing I think that there's so many people that are in the PC camp that I'm a PC player that they really aren't console guys at all Like in any way, and I don't think that Microsoft's really worried about the small percent of them that did buy an xbox one to start doing it not to mention that xbox one hasn't been a rousing success like playstation 4 very it's a successful system but not on that level which is why we're already seeing the scorpio come around like it's something i think it's just added value and it's just that's all it is where it just becomes like yeah if you're if you are so into gears of war 4 you're going to play it on your console and you're going to be into it, but then you have to travel and you have a good gaming laptop. There you go. Keep it on. the oh, road. Keep I, I, going. I
1: think you're missing farce for the trees with this one. It's yeah. not about the crossplay. It's about, or the cross by. It's about playing these games on PC. These games are all going to be on PC. All of them, all of their exclusives are not exclusive anymore. All of them. But
0: again, I don't and think it matters because like you and me, I, if, if tomorrow PlayStation did the exact same thing, it was like all of our games from here on out, blah, blah, blah. I'm still playing Detroit on the PS4. That's where I play. That's what I love. I hate PC gaming. And I feel like there's Xbox people who are the same way. And I think PC people feel that way about consoles. But what about the what about we talk about Uncharted Four, and I'm just playing devil's advocacy. I
1: don't know the answer right or wrong. Sure. I do think it's We're a mistake from a hardware perspective. Podcast. I think it's a good thing for from a software perspective. And a proliferation perspective. So sure. no, the all thing. these games will sell better now. Oh yeah. So, so so from that perspective, it's gonna be great for them. But I think that like so. Like I'm looking at the list here from your, I don't need all of this, I guess. I'm looking at your list from, for, um, from IGN, from IGN of the game. So Gears of War four. Yeah. It's a significant game. Sure. People might buy an Xbox for that. They're probably gonna have a special edition Xbox one. They probably already announced it. I don't know. Why would you buy an Xbox if you had a PC that was was able to play it now? Like you have no choice. If you want to play uncharted, you have to buy a PlayStation four. They're never going to play that game on PC. At least they have no intent of doing that because they, they're selling these units to play those games. So I look at their investment from a software perspective is somewhat confusing because their invest. I mean some of these games like Ark Survival Evolved, like, well, that's on other consoles, but like Crackdown 3 is a good example, or Halo Wars 2 It's a great example, yeah. although the Halo Wars 2 is probably more at home actually on a PC and State of Decay has already, oh, already been on PC. They've been messing around with this for a while, but I look at this and I'm like, okay, so are, is Microsoft just become, becoming a prolific investor and publisher of games with a, 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 a piece of hardware that is optional, or are they trying to publish games in an ecosystem? And does the ecosystem now include PC? And then how does that affect the Xbox One sales? And how does that affect Scorpio? He, you know, like... In other words, they have so many balls in play now that, right. that I'm like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Meanwhile, we might not like the power of the PlayStation 4. We might want war out of it. And we might be confused with Neo and all those kinds of things. But you know that when... Um, What's a good example? When uh, Horizon Zero Dawn comes out, it's going to be on PlayStation 4 only. They're not going to put the game on PC. It's not happening. The only games that go on PC are some second party games that they do. And they've only been experimenting at that very little. Like Helldivers was an example. Yeah, it yeah. seems like they're starting to fuck around in that space, but not to an extent where like you expect Gears of War 4 is a huge
0: game. You know? Crack open this computer though and tell me because I feel like Halo Wars came to PC. It, Halo Wars I probably 1. did. Gears but of I don't War came to PC in some fashion. Like I, they did, but not day and date. I don't think that's the. Well, maybe the more, it's just we're finally getting over that. That's a dumb way to do it. Halo I, Wars. I really feel. I feel like if you're so into a platform, you're on that platform. Look at you with like Rise of the Tomb Raider, right? Yeah. So Halo Wars has never been on anything but Xbox Three Sixty.
1: Okay. It says Xbox Three Sixty uh, release dates are in two thousand nine. Windows Xbox One TBA. Okay. And then Gears of War. Go
0: three, I guess. See how there's a the war three.
1: One. Only on Xbox 360. Okay. Gears of so that you would have to assume Gears of War two is only on Xbox 360 as well. But I feel
0: like I mean they they've yeah this only is... on Xbox
1: 360 and Gears of War one came to PC in 2007. Okay. So the original one was a PC game. Gears of War two and three apparently sure. not on PC according to Wikipedia. Halo Wars one not on PC will is being remastered and will come to ps and, and Xbox One the original one. Um, so I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I want to talk about this simply because there's a weird, there is a fork in the road here. There is Microsoft seems like they have to do way more to make themselves as relevant as Sony is. But by doing that, it seems like they're sacrificing at the altar of the publishing of the games, their own hardware. And they're reiterating and they're iterating with the smaller, quite sexy Xbox one that they're releasing soon. And then the Scorpio in the future, it just seems a little confusing to me. Like, isn't the perceived hardware of the game, isn't the perceived value of the hardware, the games it plays. And if you have a bunch of games that can be played anywhere, because so now literally their entire lineup of games, every single game that they publish, that they publish is now not exclusive to their consoles. It's like unheard of but i
0: mean we're thinking about it on again this the macro level here micro level we're not talking we're, we're talking about xbox when it is microsoft it is microsoft trying to operate as one and their competition is the playstation sony like we always talk about it right you make the money on the software so if they're making the money on the software why do they fucking care i don't know i think they care because then why don't they why didn't they make hardware then because I think they still have to. I think that's still there's. St- it's still a revenue driver. There are uh, because then they would lose the entire space they're in right now. However, what is it? It's, what are we saying? Like roughly ball twenty million. What yeah, somewhere it? around there. Twenty million Xboxes have been sold to people like us, but like the mere version of us, mere world Spock as we'd call them, who like consoles more than PC. Like the PC, we we talk about this all the time. For there's PC gaming should be the one true form of gaming, and we should all just play that. But we all have preferences and it's a pain in the ass for me and this works better and I don't care that the frame rate's lower and that I, I'm i sitting in my bed playing it and uh, on a giant TV and I know I could big picture mode it and stream all this. Guy. It wouldn't, it never works for me. So I don't do it. That's not where I go. But there are so many people that do go that way. And then there are the 20 million that are buying an Xbox and playing it there. I mean, I'm interested in it simply because, I mean,
1: from my perspective, and I'm seeing it again anecdotally in comments and on tweets and, and whatnot. Is that this just removes people's like want to buy an Xbox one and this removes people's want, at least the people that are tweeting at me and it removes my want to play an Xbox one because now I'm like, well, I'm going to play Gears of War four for sure. I love that game. Now I can play it on PC. My PC, my laptop, will probably run it, you know, mm. like on, on low settings. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't need it. I need console style settings. I don't need it on. I bet you would. Sure.
0: I mean, this thing but is I bet you actually won't. quite powerful. That's the thing is I bet you won't because you will sit down to do it and you're going to yell at me to come help you. Fuck, why isn't this controller working? I mean, I don't know. Well, I'm we just go to play it on the Xbox. You want to play an Xbox?
1: It's just I I think that this is I just thought it was an interesting although it's brief albeit brief topic of the show because they they're just running in totally opposite directions again and uh, I really feel like this is Microsoft's like not last ditch ever because they have a lot of money and a lot of prestige and and they are doing well but an effort nonetheless to differentiate themselves and catapult ahead but they're they're injuring their ability to ever sell hardware at a meteoric level anymore like I just so from there they lost already like they lost that battle as long as Sony keeps making their games only on PlayStation 4 and these guys start splitting or whatever, they might sell more games, but they're not selling hardware and like then,
0: are, like what makes Gears of War 4 an Xbox game? Yeah, but that goes back to the argument you figure of by, if we're saying exclusives sell consoles, PlayStation 3 remember that was always our thing, where they had remember that one year where they had a great exclusive every month, they were like, this will be the year they pulled in front and they didn't. They made up ground for sure, but those games came out and not many people cared about Twisted Metal or this, that and the other, which wasn't a bad game, it just wasn't gangbusters starhawk not gangbusters and the grants of these a little bit apples and oranges t- talking about gears and starhawk but you don't understand what i'm saying in the way of exclusivity doesn't guarantee anything the playstation 4 has gone out and gone crazy right with not many amazing exclusives we're getting there now where they're really starting to hit you have your uncharted 4 bloodborne you want to toss in there but you know what i mean like in terms of that launch lineup we had the fact that they moved it through two holiday seasons with no it just hey we have great third party games and yeah you can play them on max box and lots of those most of them I'm not a PC guy you can play on PC you get your Assassin's Creed over there I'll be interested to see how this settles and yeah. I'll be interested to
1: see how this affects MPD sales of these games because MPD is physical console only I mean they're physical PC but no one buys their PC games physically yeah so how that affects that and then what the, the discrepancy is between the numbers announced by Microsoft and those and then if they announce the split of those of those and then if you see a really interesting split that approaches 50-50 or even two-thirds to one-third, two-thirds Xbox One to one-third PC, you have to assume that they're really cannibalizing their console sales. I really feel like this strategy gives them short-term gains and with the possibility of long-term catastrophe. You know, because from a hardware manufacturing standpoint, this is what I want to emphasize. Like, They're making a smart move as a publisher. If they were a publisher of games only, then this is a great move. It's a brilliant move. Sure. But they're not a publisher of games only. They're a manufacturer of hardware you know and the hardware is important to the to their ecosystem and
0: now they're they're. it seems like they're eroding their own ecosystem so i wanted to see and, and an interesting Sony's point i guess would to for, to make right would be the fact that i was like well gears of war and the other game i said which one whatever what halo came, wars oh, halo. those came to pc right and like we look at no they didn't right but i thought they would have and it never changed my decision to go buy xboxes because i don't want to play that sure. way and it's the same thing with like state of decay state of decay 2 was for, for sure state of decay was on pc no it was you know what i mean and it was like I never thought man no reason to invest in that I can play it on this even like when it was coming up and it was like when they were touting State of Decay one year later Survival Edition which was the Xbox one version right and it, you're playing it and it's like oh yeah it's running so much better it's well, it's running how it was running on PC and we've the texture my I never thought like I'm gonna download original State of Decay on my computer and play that again like I'll wait for the console thing hmm. I'll wait for it to be able to sit there and play it the way I want to on a big screen with my couch and my dog well we'll see how it all shakes out we will but I think it's gonna be interesting it's I mean, this is a years-long experiment, right? But we're going to start know. getting
1: data immediately. We're going to start getting data with ReCore. We're just going
0: to have to figure out how to interpret the data
1: and we're going to have a limited amount of it at first, probably, as well. I think when you start to get the Gears and, and Halo Wars 2, which are the huge two pops in the fall and then early next year, um, how they decide to talk about those games and how they do it and how they chart an MPD are going to tell a huge story. Because Gears of War 4 um, should be top three when it comes out. Yeah. But will it? now? And uh, Halo Wars 2 is going to be fucking huge too. So, and it's going to come out at a much friendlier time. you going to be huge? Yeah. Okay. People love Halo Wars. That game had a. I huge, know a lot a of our friends pro- do. I well, just, Halo so, so. Wars, from my interpretation of it, Halo Wars had a very long burn. See, it was that, one of those games that seemed like it took years for people to figure out that it was great.
0: And see, that's my thing. And I I creative assemblies making I don't, it. I think that's I mean, that's the whole problem, I think, is that if it's going to come out and it's not going to be Juggernaut out the gate. We're, you know, and chop, moving a million units. I think the, it's going to be another burn thing. The thing is, is uh, the other games on this list, with the
1: exception of Crackdown Three, which you have to assume will
0: crack the list,
1: um, Recore, the looks super budget. Um, I don't even know Phantom Dust was in development anymore. Forza obviously would be fine. All these other games, with the exception of Scalebound, which I think is going to underwhelm people, are, are uh, digital. So we're going to see. We'll see if these might probably be
0: retail as well. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Colin, mm. time for reader mail. Actually, no, it's trophy time, isn't yeah. it? I skipped one there. You got trophy stuff for me this week. Yeah, there are some trophies. So I w- I go over to
1: PSM profiles and look here. Where's my as mouse? you do? Is. Um, mouse is broken. Let's do this. What's wrong? Can you? What's nope, wrong? Mouse, with the mouse off again. I'm gonna order a new one. Okay. I've been really struggling with this mouse for months now, and it literally costs like six dollars. I just like to ma- get my bang for my
0: buck. You I know, what noticed, yeah.
1: All right, so there's a few here. Uh, Mutant Mud Super Challenge is up. Uh, Lost Sea Fury. Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Let's talk about those four games. By the way, just to, to give people information on trophies of games we are playing, Adventures of Mana has a very achievable platinum trophy, but you have to uh get to level 99 and upgrade all four attributes to 99 as well. A lot of the other trophies are not missable. There's something like 28 story-driven trophies. Mm. Um you get one for every boss you beat and there are a lot of bosses in the game. And the old, uh, there are missable trophies though uh for gear. So gear. I think over at psn-trophies.org or something or playstationtrophies.org uh, they, someone put a list up. I actually just wrote it by hand on a piece of paper, like all the weapons, all the armor, all that kind of stuff. And I've been crossing off as I go because nice. there's trophies for each of those. Well, nice, and you can miss
0: some of them. So you gonna play on this game?
1: Well, maybe. I mean, I'd like to, but okay.
0: you know, things get in the way.
1: Uh, so Mutant Muds Super Challenge. I'm a huge Mutant Muds fan. I like Mutant Muds a lot. It's great. Is this is the third. This is the third one, but the second one I think on PlayStation platforms. Okay. Um, so there are uh, seven bronze, four silver, and one gold. Um, the gold trophy is to beat the game with less than 100 deaths. Deaths. It should be fewer than 100 deaths. By the way,
2: for the week.
0: Um,
1: and then the, the four silvers are beat the final boss without getting hit, beat a level with no gems, beat the game, and collect all the characters. And then there are bronzes for collecting all the songs, beat a level with checkpoints disabled, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think these games are quite addictive. They're straightforward. Um, made by a buddy of mine. Um, and uh, uh, Renegade Kid is the studio.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so you excited. I'm excited. I don't know when it's coming out, but I'm excited. Okay. Uh, Law C. thirty-four bronze, nine silver, three gold, and a platinum. Uh, it seems like the trophies are pretty scattered here. Um, so, like, complete the game without using any items is a silver. Complete the game without unlocking any player skills or ship upgrades is a gold trophy. So, it sounds like that would be pretty difficult. What some of these trophies suggest to me, and I don't know if you have any insight into this, um, because there's a bunch of them for like completing different zones that you have, swamp zone, desert zone, etc. But I, what I'm interested in is is how long does it take to beat the game?
0: Yeah, I don't have it. I'm only in that first area running around. Get this guy. Help that guy. You know, you basically a quest then run around this little map making them happen. It sounds interesting. Is, is it like a real time strategy game? No, it's like um, action. A cre- you have a, you, you start with a machete you're just cutting stuff down running mm-hmm. around. Order a crew member with the carpenter
1: ability to repair a bridge. Order a crew member with the minor ability to excavate at a dig spot. Just sounds like something you would be like, like clicking around them. Sure, I, I think it's just that you look at them and tell them to go do that. Fury's trophies. 20 bronze, 8 silver, 5 gold, and a platinum. Um, so you have all the the bosses. Defeat the chain, the strap, the line, the scale, the hand, the song, the burst, the edge, the beat. It sounds like Metal Gear Solid yeah. 3 bosses. Um, and then you have a bunch of trophies for A ranks and S ranks and completing the game and different t- difficulty levels, etc. and so on. And then certain techniques to use in which you beat the game um, or different guardians or whatever, which are the bosses. Um, and then uh, two silver trophies that sound like a pain in the ass beat furious designers best speed run time two hours 12 minutes 42 seconds Beat furious combat designers best speed run time one hour 29 minutes and 56 seconds silver trophies for those But they all build to that plan the s ranks are the gold trophies And finally romance of the three kingdoms 13 has 26 bronze 14 silver 2 gold in the uh, platinum So a bunch of trophies for a, compl- or a handful of trophies for completing different scenarios Um. Creating a bond for the first time sounds sexual.
0: Yeah. But it probably isn't.
1: Uh, induced another officer into the respect state for the first time. Or that the interest state sexual. or the gratitude state or the charm state. Etc. Et These games are so fucking nerdy. <laughs> but in a good way. I almost want to play it. Um, so those are all the trophies. Not too much
0: popping because there's just not too much coming out right now. Sure. Now, Colin. Let's check yeah. in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Good to see you again. Remember, if you want to be part of the show, head over to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. The Q's for questions. You can go there. Post your question. Just like CM14 did and says, hey, Colin and Greg. Not really a question, but how good is the Vita content at the moment? Grand Kingdom is excellent. Really impressing me. Odin Sphere is my first time playing it, and it's very good. Enjoying it. Zero Escape 3 is out today, and I can't wait for the final part of the great series. Parentheses. Would love to hear what you guys think of it. Oh, an Adventure of Man, a stealth release today. Square actually gave us it. Members of Vita Island, buy this game. All I'll be playing till I am Setsuna is on my Vita. Thanks, guys. Sorry, it's a bit long. Connor from Liverpool. Don't hold your breath for that one. Uh although, like I said, it's possible. Yeah. Um,
1: Vita's doing great right now. Which and, is crazy. Yeah. And Everyone wants to
0: say it's dead, but here we are playing all these goddamn
1: awesome Vita games. There was a NeoGap thread with and I didn't read it too deeply, but there was a NeoGap thread with the name of something like Vita's attach rate must be insane. And I think that that it's clear that it's uh, I'd really love to get Sony on the record about what the attach rate is. My prediction is the Vita attach rate is somewhere in the 20s. Like wow. that's like that's how significant I think the Vita attach rate has. To and be. for some of our younger listeners, was, an
0: attach rate would be you own a Vita. How many games you own for
1: it? that right. You go and buy like because if there are only 12, 13, maybe 14 million Vitas in the world. These guys keep releasing games. I just refuse to believe that exceed and axis and nis and all these guys are just doing it for shits and giggles like they're they're selling these games right and um i just feel like i remember the i think sony did announce the attach rate of vita years ago something like eight or ten so it doesn't seem to me to be above the above and i mean i have like 200 games on vita more than that probably yeah so i mean we're obviously like way out skewing and we didn't pay for most of those games to be fair but you know to me it's it's uh it's a remarkable handheld. We've talked about it so much that I don't feel like we need to say much more about it. I do think that it's in a bit of a renaissance right now. and I, But I think that the, the thing is, is that like, I think um, Axis, I think it was Axis announced that they're like, they're releasing Tokyo Xanadu whatever the fuck that game is. That's like really popular over there right now in 2017 on Vita. Like the Vita game. So
0: like, they're just coming out. Right. That's what we talk about. And we I mean, again, not to beat the dead horse on it, but the fact that This is what Vita is, and if you're into these kind of games, if you're into Galgun, this is what we're going to be getting, and it's going to be there for you, and you're going to be great. I have another Vita question to roll into. Yeah, please. Omega Beam says, Hey, Greg and Colin, I hope all is well. It is. I really, I recently went on a trip and, as usual, packed my Vita for the plane in downtime in the airport and hotel. While I usually have a few newly purchased games downloaded to play, I usually end up going back to the same PlayStation Plus games over and over again like Ollie Ollie 2. Do you guys have a few games you find yourself going back to again and again? Or is it all about new stuff? Thanks and hello from the heart of Microsoft.
1: No, I don't uh, go back to old games often. Although I have games that I just look at over and over again that I should play, with like don't. Persona. Like Persona, like I never beat Axiom
0: Verge. Like I never. Uh, I mean, there's just games on there. I'm like, there's stuff I leave on my Vita that, yeah. like, I'm like, one day in a perfect world, I'm gonna get back to this, but I never do. It's always tumbling forward because there is some. Every time we get there's on, so many games. Every time Vita, we get on the plane, there is two new games. That, there aren't two new games I want to sit there and play. There are, you know, Mana or Odin Sphere right now or whatever. There are so many
1: Vita games. That was another thing people were talking about. It was like there's something like more than twice as many Vita games as our are 3DS games. Like With the vast library. Oh, the vast library is very impressive. uh so vast, so impressive. Yeah, yeah. So many. Things um, it, they're just they are actually like
0: it's it's like it's a fucking wealth of, of it's just a wealth of games there. Yeah, dude. it's like an embarrassment of riches, and that's what I why well, I think you and I always get mad when people ask if they should oh, buy Vita now. It. And it's I like, well, it. yeah, you should, you should because there's a giant library. have you looked through the games? Are there games you want to play? Do you want to play Danganronpa? Do you want to play Persona? Do you want to go there? Out there are play like Uncharted?
1: scores and scores of games on Vita that are great. I mean, that, that's the thing is like I like if I really sat down and went through my download list and I was like. And someone was like, what games would you really recommend I played? I can probably find you like $500 plus worth of games. Oh, that you sure. Buy. Like pretty easily. Yeah. You know, probably more than that. So I can probably buy, I can probably find you 60 or 80 games that I'm like, yeah, these are great Vita games. Like, or maybe 50, you know, great, great Vita games. Like I just, it is frustrating when people are say that and it's frustrating when people don't understand the perceived value, but it. it actually becomes more valuable the longer it's out. That's the way hardware works. The Wii U is never going to get more valuable than it is right now.
0: Ironically. <laughs> yeah. I had a dream. In the last few days about a Wii U, you just reminded me of it, that we needed a Wii U for something, and it was suddenly harder to get come by. Kindling? Yeah, probably. <sighs> Trap door spider wrote in slash PSQ, just like you can to go on the show and says, yo, mm. so I just want to start by saying mad props to all the work Kinda Funny has done these last few months. It's been incredible. I have a task for you mm. if you're up to it. Mm. I want you to build your own video game company. Take one attribute from whatever company you want. What do you think would make the best video game studio? You're only allowed to pick one attribute from each studio, so choose wisely. He gives us now four attributes to assign the studio to. You understanding? I think so. You with me so far? Yeah. So he has one, he wants technical, parentheses, graphics and how their games run slash feel. Hashtag gameplay is king. So gameplay. How is it going to be? What's it look like? Storytelling, sound and audio, and then entertainment, parentheses, Whose games are fun as shit, even if they don't have everything else? Rocket League is my example, he says. Not what I said, that's what he says. I look forward to hearing both of your answers, as I may learn something about a studio I never looked at before. P.S. The work you guys put out is astounding. Try not to work too hard, because I love you. Sincerely, Trapdoor Trapdoor Spider. So, I'll go first, because I had time to think about it, All right, Technical, graphics, how the games run feel. I'm going with Naughty Dog. I, I, I had people on here. I had Housemark on here on the short list. I had Sucker Punch here on the short list. But since I can only use everybody once, I put Naughty Dog here. Then I went storytelling. I went with Fulbright. You know, I'm a big Gone Home fan. Really looking forward to Tacoma. They do different things. Mm. I'd love to see what kind of story they could do mm. with Naughty Dog's technical prowess mm. and gameplay. Sound audio, Sucker Punch. Mm. Oh, from Second Son, you like that one. Second Son, man. When they gave us that tour and they walked us through the world and they're like... This is how water, this is how the rain in Seattle sounds when it hits a canvas umbrella. This is how it sounds when it hits these trees. This is how, like, it's some, I think sound and audio so often is overlooked. You just, you, if it's good, it's great. You don't, you don't ever think about it. If it's bad, if it's bad VO or something, you think about it nonstop. But when they walked me through that and pulled out everything else in the game and just showed you and showed how they capture all that and how they did, you know, lines of dialogue and stuff, I was like, okay, awesome. You can get on that. And mm. I'm underutilizing Sucker Punch mm. there, but I'm doing it. I don't care. And then entertainment, whose games are fun as shit, even if they don't have anything else. Weird question, but I put Insomniac. Hmm. Insomniac makes fun games. Can't argue that, Colin. No, you can't. I'm going to make a, a, so I would answer this
1: question a million different ways depending on the game I'm making. Sure. And so the game I'm going to make is a first person shooter.
0: Okay. I like where your head's at. Um, so for technical,
1: I'm going to go with id. Ooh, okay. Uh, for storytelling, I'm going to go with machine games. Uh, what's the next one? Sound? Yeah. I think for sound and entertainment, I would both go with Treyarch. Oh. Um. So you would have uh, a game with its fluidity, a game with machine game storytelling, and a game with the gunplay and entertainment value and just gameplay of
0: a Treyarch game. Sure, and then you would have a fucking mighty fine shooter on your hands. See what
1: I and I like. So the, that's so that's. But it would d- be different depending on the game I'm making.
0: The, and that's yeah. what I I like. What you I like where you how you took the question. You wanted to apply a genre to it. I like the for me it was very much like pick my favorite people for each one of them and then lock them away in a room and have them make a game and see what mm-hmm. it comes out as and mm-hmm. have no real idea what it would actually end up being. I just believe in the power of the first of the story driven twenty hour first person shooter. I really, sure. do. I love the
1: I love that, and um, so I think that that amalgamation of studios would make that game for me in a very exciting kind of way. But if I was making you know something else, I would throw House Mark into the mix. Obviously Naughty sure. Dog, obviously uh, a bunch of other people. But you know, like what does House Mark contribute to a shooter? What is what exactly. does Naughty Dog contribute exactly. to a first person shooter?
0: Call, let's run with this Insomniac theme. Okay, Caleb for Tribe says. Hey, Colin Greg. I have a few questions regarding Insomniac's upcoming Spider-Man. Number one, when do you think it'll be released? Spring 2018. Damn it, that's what I wrote down to. Two, does it strike you as odd they haven't announced the actual name for it? No. I, I say, honestly, yes. I think it's, it's not something you see often, so it was a weird thing to come out and be like, Hashtag Spider-Man PS4. I think the game's super embryonic. I don't think I that do one. too but I still think you ha- have a, they have a name or a working title. I for think it's it. gonna be called Spider-Man. You'd imagine so but if the fact that there isn't would make me think there is a subtitle now or whatever. Maybe Spider-Man the shocker. Spider-Man on PlayStation 4. That's what it's gonna be called. <laughs> and then three. Why is it a PlayStation 4 exclusive? Marvel fans are everywhere so why is it that it's only releasing on a Sony console. Sony's relationship with its pictures division, you got to assume, right? I I, I don't, honestly, because I, I think this is so separated from it. I think it's, we, I know I say this all the time, I think it's Marvel making the right moves going forward. I think I, what this screams to me is, Don't be surprised when there's an exclusive Xbox, whatever Marvel property. Don't be surprised when it's all of a sudden you find Marvel in bed with the best people. I'm sure that Marvel started conversations with a whole bunch of studios and were like, come pitch us your game and how you'd want to do it and da da da. And at the same time as having conversations with publishers and how that's going to shake out and where it's going to go. Again, I find that super exciting. Like I understand that I'm, I'm in a blessed place and I own a Xbox one and PlayStation four. And if I needed to God forbid it, a fucking PC, but it's super exciting to see or Marvel not treat their properties like fucking horrors and just turn them out and put them out. And I don't care if the game's not good. I'd much rather see them say, we want it to be on the level of Batman. We want it to be on the level of what you see with, uh, uncharted. We want to see someone sit down and focus. It's whenever you have these games that are third party and you spread them all out and it's like, one one version of the game is holding another version back in some way. Here it is: you have a PlayStation Four, you have Spider Man. Make the best game possible.
1: Yeah, I still think it is weird. It is weird though. Like it is weird could, because it's they different. could have just found a publisher and went to Insomniac and made a multi platform game. There's there. I do think there is more to this than the meets the eye. I really do. Do you think it's money or you think it's? It could be money, support? but I really do think it has something to do with their relationship with that studio. Mm. Like I, I just with the movie studio. Yeah, like I just don't. I don't see it any other way like I I don't there must be some semantic reason Insomniac could still make that game Insomniac makes Xbox One games
0: sure no I'm not saying that I just think it would be the thing though like you know when you start eh, I guess that's a bad example actually I feel like when we talk about the best games on a console you start talking about exclusives of
1: course and the exclusives are the best and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that Sony's getting an an exclusive sure Spider-Man game that's fine I don't care but it's it's and I'm gonna play it it's probably gonna be great but I like Spider-Man but I like Shocker a lot too I love shock right and I really do want to if he's in a and I'm not playing I'm gonna be very disappointed I'll do the mocap and everything will be great um, show me
0: your mocap test run there it is there it is so, shocking you
1: um, but I feel like there's way more to the meets the eye with this why do they need Sony as a publisher it just doesn't make any sense yeah. you know like they're, they're, so I think that it's insomniac's relationship with Sony and Sony's relationship with that movie studio and Sony's relationship in turn with Marvel
0: the problem <sighs> the there's pro- just more webs d- here than meets the eye Greg <laughs> I ran right into that. I one. just I get it, it, but I mean, it's not a movie based game. So what is in the contract for Sony Pictures and all this different stuff? Yeah. I hear you. It w- uh, there's, it would make It's just sense relationships. These people know each other. Synergy wise. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know. I mean, but then again, Sony Pictures doesn't have anything to do with PlayStation. But maybe those relationships were made. The introductions were made.
0: Kaz is around there making of Sony went
1: to Insomniac where like, these guys can make the game. They made a game that has some slinging around and some fucking
0: Spray yeah, around, yeah, all artists, getting
1: getting around, around all, all do the goddamn
0: did in Sunset Overdrive, basically. Yeah, you, you rail grinded, and you shot things, and you drank soda. Uh, XX says, hey, Colin. Hey, Greg. Hi. With Rise of the Tomb Raider coming out on PS4 later this year, Rise. and the rumor Dead Rising 4 releasing a year later on PS4, do you two feel it is good to support the game when it releases on PlayStation to show what a mistake they made releasing it on Xbox, or... Should we boycott it to show the developer slash publisher that it isn't cool siding on a certain platform and holding a game off for another? No, that's silly. These are are business decisions. I think you have to make the... My take is you have to
1: make the decision based on what you want to play. You know, if you want to play Rise of the Tomb Raider, I'm going to play Rise of the Tomb Raider on PS4. I intentionally held off to play it on PS4. Um, I'm not ashamed of that. I I can wait. There are other games to play. Um, But I'm excited to play it on PS4. So if you want to play it, buy it. Send the message that... You don't want to boycott it because then it's like that hurts crystal and like they didn't do anything wrong. And like it's Square Enix's kind of like decision, but you have to make the decisions that are best for you for the reasons that you think are best. And so if you want to boycott it to send them a message by all means do that. But I, I think that's a silly thing. The fact that we're getting Tomb Raider and dead rising at all, or what or, or we think we're getting dead rising. And it has to sure, confirm. Sure. Um, it's just indicative of the environment that we're in right now. The second party exclusive environment. It does. These deals clearly work for Microsoft. They work in their advantage. They did the same thing with mass effect.
0: Yeah, I don't I think boycotting is silly. I mean, you, I think what you do is you, Not in the dick way, but you publicly say, hey, this sucks. I wanted to play this, so on and so forth. And then when it comes around, you do support them. They're just trying to make a living. They're trying to make the business go. They're trying to pay for all these developers, all these office spaces, all this technology. Like, there's so many things happening that it's not as easy as where we're like, why not just release it at at once to everyone? Like, there's deals to be had. And like, like why we don't know what's happening with this Spider-Man deal. Something happened there, and I don't know what exactly it is or how, but either way, you should support them.
1: Yeah, well do what you want I mean but you know I wouldn't I'd say that's a silly reason to boycott someone
0: the next question comes from Killian Underscore 1996, mm. but before I read it. I mm. will give you all a spoiler warning This will talk about gone home and the last of us. Oh, come on. These games are old. I'm aware But everybody everybody out there. There's always some baby listening to it. that freaks out and so whatever like Don't even get me started some kid was giving me shit the last of us. We talked about the other day I'm like dude Came out before the PS4. That's on out. you, Come dude. On, That's on you. If you re- just
1: to just to iterate, it's cool. It's fine, and I play a game for years. But if you care that much about The Last of Us, then
0: why are you waiting over three years to play? Over three years. Yeah. No, I'm with you.
1: That's on you at this
0: point. Yeah. I'm sorry that you just started Last of Us, or now that Gone Home just came out, you just started Gone Home, but. We're about to get into both those. So Killian, nineteen ninety six says hello, Greg and Colin. I guess you could say this is a topic to celebrate Pride Month, like the question about Black characters in games during Black History Month. Mm. My question is in two parts. Mm. Question one: mm. Who's your favorite gay character in games? Mine would totally mine would be Tiny Tina from Borderlands Two. She's just so damn funny and is also um, and is also fun fact the youngest openly gay character in any game at thirteen years old. Question two: With a lot of talk, is that true? I don't know. I mean, he's saying it. Okay. Killian's saying it. I believe Killian. question two. With a lot of, and that's the thing is like in, in for me in Borderlands, when I think of the the gay characters, I think of uh, Athena, the shield woman and the mechanic whose name escapes me. They were a cute couple question two with a lot of talk about the last of us two happening and Ellie being the protagonist. It would mark the first time in a game that there would be an openly gay protagonist in a triple a game, not counting mass effect or any game like that because you can choose not to be gay. My question is, would Sony let that happen? What I mean is, would they allow Naughty Dog to show Ellie being affectionate with another girl? I know that the Left Behind DLC that El- that El- I know that in the Left Behind DLC that Ellie and Riley kissed, but that was a moment in the- in a DLC. I'm talking about a full Uncharted 4 budget game with Ellie as the main protagonist and maybe her girlfriend being a secondary character like what Ellie was to Joel in The Last of Us. Would Sony tell them to tone it down or something like that? If ran the impact risk of impacting game sales or it being banned in some countries or could naughty dog get away with it thanks and greetings from Ireland. Naughty dog can get away with whatever they want naughty dog could totally do a full-on lesbian sex in their game sony Shuhei would be like you're a naughty dog (laughs) whatever because you know it'd be tasteful and it wouldn't be weird yeah i i so this this
1: question reminds me of the time when the guy wrote in and said who's your favorite black characters in games?" and i'm like i was racking my brain i'm like i can only even think of a few yeah, and, and, it's, and and it's the same and it's the same thing with this where I'm like, you just named two games of the only really openly gay protagonist I can even sure. think of. Like I, I don't even know. Like I would have never even thought of Borderlands as anyone. Like so yeah. It goes to show me how first of all my answer would be Ellie, but second of all it goes to my show Sam. it would Last
2: it would You
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you. No. It
1: would go to show it goes to show how for how we take for granted that these very Homogenous experiences that we actually experience in a in a in a day to day basis in games and how um uh, homosexuality or minority representation or whatever is, is so like you remember those scenes but you also realize how underrepresented it is where I'm like I'm thinking of the last 50 games I played right. I'm like I don't even know that that's there's the a thing fucking like, black
0: character in any of these games and that's the thing of like you know how hard it is for I think <laughs> or a gay a, to step out of uh, you know or why one of the reasons why Gone Home meant so much to me was literally being in that scenario being in somebody's shoes reading uh, Sam's letters or whatever as we went through um, and that's the thing where, like, since I never have to step out of my doofy, whatever, eighteen to thirty-five year old white guy mode, I never stop to think of like, man, there aren't a lot of gays. And like, and, like his question's interesting, uh, you know, like, would Sony allow? It? Totally, Sony would allow it. But it's interesting too. I was thinking about it when I when I read the question. Like, how, when are we going to see main character of a, a, a male who's openly gay? And then has like a lover in the game or whatever. Because I feel like again, Mass Effect doesn't count because of the way you get to play it. But I feel like if there, if you're playing a game and you were a gay man and you were to kiss another guy, there would be an, an uproar about that of people like, because so, are we skew so young in this video game industry, right? Whereas I feel like, and I'm correct me if I'm wrong for sure on in the comments or anything else. I feel like you could get away with Ellie kissing another girl and not have the reaction be as strong. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think I, I, young boys, teenage boys see two dudes kiss is like, ah, oh, gross. And but, you see two girls kiss and there's a little, something a little hot about it or whatever. But I also think it's the type of people that are playing these
1: games. Sure. I think Naughty Dog Gamers and people that play Naughty no, Dog Games for the story. I think, and especially The Last of Us, I think are a little maybe more mature. you like to think um, so. Yeah. And Gone Home, certainly. So Of course.
0: Um but that's why I'm talking about a AAA big budget you know uh, Killian's question stands. And I want to say r-
1: quickly that I am sure that there are plenty of examples of gay characters in games I have played. I just 100 This is the thing I'm talking about is I just I'm not thinking about it through that perspective yet. I remember not so much the last one but I remember gone home because uh I mean I remember the last one but I, mean, I want to say I remember I remember gone home <laughs> a 10, because of the unique perspective that it gave me and that's why I like that game. Right. Um, now I've always said that I'm not for diversity for diversity's sake. I don't believe in it. I think that creators need to create whatever they want. And Steve Gaynor made a game about lesbian girls. And I thought that that was very interesting. Um, so I don't think we necessarily need more or less of this and more or less of this. Like, I don't, I don't care, but I do want as someone who enjoys fiction and enjoys the breadth of storytelling, I do like that. You know, I remember those games for those reasons. It's the same reason why I remember journey because it was about life and death. It's yep. the same reason I remember, um, the unfinished swan because it's about a, a, a son and a mom it's yeah. like, like they're just, sometimes they're just special relationships when you want to get exploring can,
0: when a game can put you in someone's shoes right and make you feel things that aren't the emotions you're experiencing on a day-to-day basis that's when it gets really exciting and that's why I talk about Gone home all the time and that's yeah unfinished swan's another great example journey's a great example uh, last of us is a great example but then when you start thinking about VR that's where it gets super exciting of like being in a different world and you the, there is no more I'm looking at my phone. I'm getting distracted by Portillo. I am hear the car going by. I have headphones on him, this, and I am that person. I am that thing. I am in that world. But I do,
1: like, to the last most example of me saying that, I don't remember for those reasons. It's funny because Ellie being a lesbian means nothing to me. To that story, it means yeah, nothing. Sure. Like, like so... In Gone Home, it means everything. The, 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 that girl's gay. Sam's gay. It means everything in that game. But Ellie being gay means nothing. So that's why I don't remember... Like I remember The Last of Us for Joel. I remember Joel and Ellie's relationship. Exactly.
0: That's why I remember the emotional perspective of me not wanting a daughter or whatever, but then suddenly caring so much about right. Ellie. That's what I'm saying. The big shitstorm in games is going to happen when there is a
1: A or AAA game where you play as a transgender person. Mm. That's going to be the litmus test of how far or not how far we've come or how how little I guess I should how say. far more, do you think we are from more, that game though I uh, feel I feel like I feel, like, I feel like a game like that is not even in development because I feel like I feel like they're, they're, and, and that's wrong but I feel like that there are developers out there that want to make these games big developers probably and their publishers are like there's no way we're making that game like, I mean, like, that's, like because they're not they're gonna have all these problems but whoever whoever is the tip of the spear of that movement to make a great game with a transgendered um, protagonist or antagonist yeah. or both uh, I think is going to do us a great service to give us perspective into that as we've gained perspective from Sam and Ellie in however limited and however fictional it might be sure. into the female gay or like lesbian perspective. I think that's great. So, no, like, so I love that kind of stuff but I don't like the whole idea of like well now we need more of this and more of this and more of this. I'm like just let them create. Well, no, eventually the we're going to have this great ecosystem of all sorts of you want stories. artists
0: creating stuff that hits home mm-hmm. with them and that's why the indie space is always so interesting and always so exciting because that's where those kind of game that's where you can get coming out simulator right and play through it I remember playing that game and being like oh my god like all these choices are terrible as I'm putting this out and it's based on this man's life of having to do this and what his family said to him and all these horrible things and it's like that you know is just such a simple game I did, did you ever play this no it's on a it's on PC it's basically like text bubbles and like you get a little bit of not animated cutscenes, but like you know doodles of things happening and playing that put me in that same mindset of like, on oh no, home. Uh, Cybell, what did I always talk about? Or Sybil? I think I always say it wrong too. Uh, that game of you know falling in love in an MMO. If it's like named the, Sybil, they should have probably called it that and not spelled it C Y B E L L E or whatever. It, that was you can it. take it up with her. You know what I mean? It's confusing for me. It doesn't say Sybil. Okay. okay, I know. That's <laughs> this. we got a, one of the names coming up. We're gonna talk about a little bit about what what it actually means when you put fucking letters together. But that's the whole thing of going into a different perspective of falling in love in an online game and then deciding, Oh, Emily is away. Another great example, right? Of like playing with all your emotions, doing all these things. And I love that that's happening in the indie space, but I am excited for that to come over and again, not be the crux of the game that, Hey, I'm, I'm a gay guy in a triple a game and I have a boyfriend deal with it. Internet or, or that I'm transgender, but that is just is a thing. There is that character. That's who they are. I, I feel like
1: we just have to keep in mind as, as consumers of fiction or consumers of stories That often perspective of real life events can be garnered not only from your individual real life um, experiences, but also from fiction. So like I've talked about in other podcasts, like when I moved to San Francisco, I lived I was the only straight guy in my entire house. I I lived with all these gay guys and um, I had no problem with homosexuality at all when I was in college. I was like, that's fine. My sister's best friend actually was gay. So I grew up with that. But living in that house gave me incredible perspective into their experiences a couple of them, um, one in particular that I was really good friends with actually had HIV and that gave me a lot of perspective and all these kinds of things. So you got, I got that from a real life perspective that gave me a lot, uh, opened my eyes to the struggle of the gay man, 100%. even in San Francisco, but you can also get perspective in the plight of, I, I'm, I know a lot of black people, for instance, right? Growing up in, growing up in New York, but actually it's when you read Malcolm X or King or something like that, or you listen to the speeches of it's like. Well, I didn't, I wasn't in, I wasn't there in 64, right? But like, I understand because I read King and he gave me a perspective that, that I needed or whatever. Yeah. And so I think that games can have that same narrative 100%. power to say like, well, this is a, this is a piece of fiction, but, um, uh, life is strange gave you some sort of perspective, even though it's like kind of a silly sci-fi that kind of thing in, in terms of a teenage girl or in terms of the girl going to
0: college, wherever she was or in no, high school. No, no. You're a hundred percent correct. That's you're nailing it in terms of why it works I you know I, I've told the story a million times in game over Greggie of how I went to college and it was totally fine to say if something was stupid I'd call it gay and like not think about like how I would offend it because I didn't know any openly gay people So no one ever challenged you on it And the first time I got challenged on it by my friend Graham who I'd known for weeks at this point it's like, But what do you really mean and dialing a bang is like do you understand why that would be? I don't I know you're cool, but it's like oh, right like why would I do that? so when you can Relate to when you can connect on an emotional level with a Sam or Alani or whoever and see that struggle and see or read how the parents react and all these different things. That's when your own walls can fall down and you can soften and realize maybe I don't have it all figured out.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's why you and that's why you get multiple perspectives The with the black experience in America. You get the much more radical Malcolm X experience or perspective and you get the much more. I don't want to say tepid, but more mainstream friendlier. Martin Luther Peace. King Jr. Yeah, yeah. Message. But they're both equally important in terms of like understanding the perspective. Yeah. And ga- why, if a book can't, and there's a nonfiction books, but if a book can have that perspective or if my experience in that house can have this perspective, then why can't a game have that perspective? And exactly. why can't that game also have that instructive nature? Yeah. So that's, so that's why, I, that's why I like these different kinds of experiences. It has nothing to do with, um, like, that's why I think even Horizons like interesting because it's, you're playing as a woman like, and she's an empowered like, you know, woman. It's not that I need that in everything. It's not that I even need that in, in uh, some things that I do. I just like that perspective because I play as the homogenous male, white male, and everything, and that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with that. I am a white male. I have an I have perspective too. I'm not saying I don't. I'm not saying none of us do. But I'm saying, uh, like, you know, there's much to gain out there from I mean, a perspective. Yeah, and, and that's
0: the thing of uh, like you brought up, Life is Strange, Gone Home, uh, even Left Behind. It is an experience of if I would have played that in high school would I have put it together quicker that wait a second why am I why would I say this and why would I do that not that I know this person but I know the fake person I've lived uh, you know a day in their shoes or whatever different experience Colin mm. top boog wrote in to kind of slash PSQ and says hey guys I was wondering about what your final opinions are on alienation. It seems to me that it came and went without many people caring for it. Mm. I know that there were technical issues at launch, but those aside, what else put you off the game? Also, where would you rank it compared to the other housemark titles? Thank you for everything you do. Rory PS. I love you as well as my Vita. I feel like, so I played alienation for
1: 10 or 15 hours, which is really not a lot of time for me to have played a housemark, a housemark game. By the way, tangentially speaking, of House Mark, Super Stardust is apparently coming to PSVR. Just throwing that out there. Now, how do we figure that out? There was like some listing some weeks ago. I can't can't wait to bring up. Um, So unconfirmed, I think, but someone will write in. Lock it in. Um, So I played it and I like it. There's a narrative angle there that's not in the other games. I will say that I think Dead Nation's a better game. Really, I think it's tighter. I think it's easier to digest. See, I think I think House Mark fell for the trick of. Scope, um, like dropping but I don't necessarily believe that that means substance. Like I remember playing Dead Nation over and over and over and over again. I fucking loved that game. Yeah, and um, I know you didn't. You weren't. You liked it, but yeah. you didn't. I I think that's a fantastic game. Like like up there with Stardust and just below Alien Alienation to me was like, okay, this is cool, but it's a little empty. It's a little too deep for a house smart game. Like, and I know that that's a weird. It's the same complaint when people get mad at me and say Witcher Three is too dense. Well. With Mark, I'm like, I need something that's a little more that's about the hook. It's not about the progression. It's actually about the hook. You know, Stardust is not about anything other than multiplying scores. And so is Resogun. It's not about upgrading your ship and doing all this kind of shit. And so, like, I was too caught in the weeds with, with Alienation. So as I was playing it, I'm like, I'm not worrying about the things that really matter to me. It's a great game. Mm-hmm. It's nothing short of a great game. Um, and I think people are really liking. It. I don't think any. I don't think it came away without anybody p- caring for it. A lot of people play it. I don't Nation. think. Be, I don't think it gets talked about like all the other ones did. But I think it came out at a weird time. I don't think Sony got behind it in the same way it got behind Resogun. Resogun was a launch game, by the way. So, so, and Stardust was like a phenomenon. Yeah. You know. Um. So I think that they have to go back to the drawing board. It makes me interesting to see what Matterfall is and how how Matterfall might. We don't even really know what that game is yet. I have an idea of what it is, but um, and how that might be affected by Alienation.
0: Because I think Alienation went too broad. And See, I think that's a problem. The biggest the like sad irony to all of this with alienation because I'm the technical problem. You're the technical problem. We have too many friends as always. So it just crashes and you can't connect online. And it doesn't work and it erases your save and corrupts your save. So I stopped playing it <laughs> after restarting oh, yeah, like it res- three or four if it, times. If it it corrupted my save. I'd be like fuck this. I never play it again. And the problem is I feel like alienation could have been my favorite of the Housemark titles because I liked all that. I did like the progression. I liked leveling. I liked feeling like what I was doing mattered permanently. Whereas like dead nation, I always felt like it mattered for that run of the game. And then it was over and I was back to square one kind of thing. And I, and Resogun is exact, the exact same thing, right. Of going through, I got a new ship or whatever, but it's not, I like, I like to feel like I'm making an impact or, and I I'm building something up and it had all the hooks that I loved about hell divers. Another game that ate my save and fucked up and corrupted on me three times where it was like, I liked the gameplay more than I in alienation, more than I liked it in hell divers. And I was prepared to commit a lot of time to alienation. And then it all went to hell. Yeah, it sucks that that happened to you with those two games because those two games, Helldivers especially, was,
1: I think, stronger uh, than Alienation in the ways that I wanted it. See, with all of those upgrades and all that kind of sh- shit, it made sense in their game, in, in, in Arrowhead's game. Yeah. It doesn't make too much sense to me in, in House Mark's game. That makes sense because there was the hub world of Helldivers you came back to, you got
0: to re equip your cave and do all these different things. Like,
1: there were things. things in House I remember even tweeting out being like, I don't even understand what half this shit is. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even, like, when did it even tell me what any of this stuff is? Like, why am I resetting my, like, statistics on my web I'm like this isn't fun you know like yeah that, the game's fun but that particular thing I'm like this is dumb like I don't like this I think it might have felt a little empty because I played it by myself but I played Dead Nation by myself too and that game was designed and I beat that game on hard difficulties by myself and that's yeah. like almost fucking impossible so and I love the DLC with, with Dead nation like Dead Nation had me coming back um alienation there's just something missing for, for me I did intend on playing it longer than I did I can't believe that I played it for less time but I think that's a reflection on the game like when I really think about like so super stardust hd Super Stardust Delta is fucking awesome. One of Vita's great games. You want to talk about a game you have to get have on Vita. That game's fucking rad. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Stardust Ultra is not really their game. Dead Nation, fantastic. Outland, which they made with Ubisoft, fucking awesome. And a totally different kind of game yeah. for them. Uh, but really, really great game. Kind of like Ikaruga meets platforming. Uh, and then Rezogun, which is a phenomenal game. And then this. And I'm like, hmm. Like the parabola goes down now a little bit. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see where, where, I mean, but Resogun is such a hard game to follow up. See, you look for different things than I do in, in Resogun, in, um, in Housemark games. Cause 100%. to me, it's all about the score. Like that's all that matters in those games is like it, the old style, like the, the Resogun's Defender.
0: Yeah, no, totally. You know? They're all awesome arcade games. I totally get that. And that's why I've, I, Housemark for me has always been, you love them to death love i love the guys everybody we've ever met great i respect the games they're just not my type of games for the most part right like Gun is a game that i in superstardust is another game that i played for a few hours and
1: i was like all right cool yeah not everything needs role-playing game elements not everything needs leveling not everything needs all that kind of stuff Dead Nation kept it really limited with here are your weapons here are your upgrades here is like your armor and that's it you know and you can kind of spend your money how you want and stuff and it was still about score chasing so you had to balance all that shit with the scores and all this kind of stuff, depending on what mattered to you in those games, and I loved that. I thought that the balance in Dead Nation was so good, and I think that balance is lost a little bit in Alien Nation. The the from what I understand about Matterfall, and from and and from what I understand about just the, the trailer and t- speaking to people about it, is that it's I think going to be kind of like Resogun, but I don't I don't know for sure. It seems like the guy's You're running, running, yeah, yeah. And I'm super excited. It's going to be like a weird platformer that's constantly like I'm I'm jazz, but I hope they go back to the idea of not simplicity is key, but scaling it back and getting to the essence of what makes housemark great which is twin stick mechanics is what's going to make th- those games better and alienation nailed the twin stick mechanics There's no doubt about that but mm-hmm. there's too much shit on top of it mm-hmm. to like really kept, get, catch me the cool thing about Dead Nation is you can beat it in a, like you can just sit there and beat it if you wanted to yeah. yeah
0: so i don't know colin good question though it's time to introduce you to connor connor is this week's PS I Love This Best Friend XOXO? Of course, this is where you guys go to kind of slash forums. Go to the PS I Love You XOXO board and put in your PSN name so we can send the best friends to you. You best friends will send messages of support and fill out the friends list for Connor. Connor says, Hey Greg and Colin. I've been a community member ever since y'all launched the Patreon for Kinda Funny. Recently, I was going through my friends list, and I just don't have enough friends to play games with on my PlayStation 4. I would love to be the PS I love this best friend, XOXO, for this week, because I want to be able to start playing more online games with people. I've recently gotten into Elder Scrolls Online, and I'm always going back to Destiny every now and again. My PSN ID is Crease 16 then in parentheses, it's pronounced C-Reese, not Crease. No, motherfucker. That's not how words work. You didn't put the dash in your PSN name. So it's C R E E S E 16. That's Crease. If you would have put C dash Reese, you have an argument. You have a leg to stand on. But you didn't. So you are Creese 16. Embrace it. A combination of my first and last name. I hope you guys are doing well and recovering from Kind of Funny Live 2 and E3 2016. You guys rock. Keep up the good work and all the content. Much love from Texas Connor. Everybody, go befriend Crease. 16. C-R-E-E-S-E 16. Also, understand that this episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic, geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you get 4-8 to items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure you head to LootCrate.com PS and enter the code PS to save $3 on any new subscription. LootCrate is more than just a subscription service. It's an entire community of fans that share their experience and interact with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate. And they guarantee more than $40 in value in every crate. Sometimes it's a lot more. Every month there is a different theme and all the items are curated around that theme. Join us is we celebrate the futuristic they didn't put that in there I put that in there for me I like that I like the echo we've packed July's crate with items from some of pop culture's favorite prognostications and I screw that up every week of science and the future look towards tomorrow with items from rick and morty futurama star trek mega man valiant comics and star trek including a model a figure and don't forget our monthly t and pin remember you only have until the 19th at 9 p.m pacific to subscribe or receive that month's crate and when the cutoff happens jackie t that's it it's over so go to lootcrate.com ps and enter the code ps to save three dollars on your new subscription today colin mm. would you like to know this week's Forgotten PlayStation. Sure. Game. sure it was submitted by Stony Tark. Tony Stark, play on words there. See what he did there? Hey, Greg and Colin. Long time listener, first time submitter. After you guys talked about Rez VR last week, I had an idea for this week's Forgotten PlayStation game, Child of Eden. If I remember correctly, this PS3 game was a sequel to Rez and it's pretty awesome in its own right. It was musically weird and unique. Thanks, Stony Tark. It was. Child it was, of Eden. It was Connect first, right? And then Yeah, they brought it to exactly. Move? Finally came over afterwards. Yeah, it was It was a, another Mizuguchi game. Everybody was stoked about it. Came out. Didn't find the success that Rez mm. did because it was more of just an experience of doing stuff. But mm. I did forget all about Child of Eden. Yeah, me too. Now,
1: I remember the box art. Yeah. It was black and it just said the text on it, right? With like some like neon. Shit. Yep. 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 It was weird. But that's a good one for
0: getting ready for Rez because God knows I am. Holy crap. That was a game people were really excited
1: about on Connect. I remember.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But now we're excited for PlayStation Move. Sure. Who, is, an, who is excited VR? for PlayStation VR? Oh, PlayStation VR. Who's, ex- yeah. who's not excited for PlayStation VR? Everyone's excited for PlayStation VR. Can't keep those, those wands on the shelf, right here. Colin, mm. let me give you PSN's worst name of the week. You ready? Mm. This one, I won't read his name for because apparently he didn't put it in here. We'll get to the name of the, the bad name. Okay? Mm. So this comes from Anonymous for right now. Hi, Colin and Greg. I know these topics are usually a plea to change our names, but I thought. I would submit something a little different. Don't worry though. An inappropriate username is still involved. I bought my PS3 shortly after the release and knew I had to use the handle I had always used in local multiplayer. If you hadn't already guessed by my username here on the kind of funny forums, that name was Cooter Intruder. Nice. <laughs> Terrible. Nice. For almost seven That's years. A really and, funny name. For almost seven years and 18 trophy levels, I wore the name proudly, having received plenty of laughter and inbox approvals one day as i logged in to play dark souls i was thwarted by a message stating i could no longer log on and had to call sony support for help the kind gentleman on the phone informed me i had been flagged for my username and would need to create a new one nothing i said could change this apparently the name psychosodomy was also not appropriate and i settled with king of underscore the cosmos I understood the problem and was happy to at least be able to keep all the digital purchases I'd made. However, all my trophies were wiped away from the online record, which killed any future desire for trophy hunting. Obviously, this means Sony is capable of changing our names, but at the expense of losing losing our trophy records. Could this be one of the problems they've been facing? You guys certainly love your trophies. Would the trade be worth it? As a PSA... If there is anyone out there who really wants to change their name and doesn't care about their trophies, have someone report you. If your name is vulgar enough, you might get it changed all the same. Yeah, that's a lot of people talk about that, by the way. Cooter and True.
1: First of all, Cooter Intruder is an amazing name. <laughs> Seven years, he got we away have with to, it. I don't understand. Like, what, we have to go back, or someone should go back, not us. Yeah, someone should go back to whatever, however many of these we've done, and get all of the names we've listed, and then we should keep a, a running leaderboard
0: of what the best names are. So, sounds like a job for Jericho over on the forums. Because he's always on top of the stuff.
1: Because Cooter Intruder's got to be up there, like top three, probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a
0: ridiculous name. Uh he's, so he had, had a question the there of like, could this be one of the problems they're facing? Yeah, that's one of the problems they're facing. I think. We've oh yeah, we talked the, about this. The, rather than give you a random number that then r- went to your name, so you could change the name, they gave you your name where the number should be. So right. yeah, changing the name now totally erases everything that's happened before. Yeah, then.
1: and the, the so the 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 systems. Uh, so as far as I understand. Uh, PlayStation 4 unifies a lot of this and makes the changing much easier but as long as PS3 and Vita are still around it's going to be hard to change the names in the way that they want to change them the trophies exist separately from the name and the and the the association with the what you bought in the store and it also breaks leaderboards which is significant yeah Um, so um, the problems are many but we
0: have it on I don't know we've heard rumblings that they're doing it for a long time we've heard rumblings that they're doing it yeah we've heard some pretty significant I know we've had I was on the emails I know Mm -hmm. what's happening over there I'm just saying
1: We'll see. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, me too. All I mean, right? I will believe it when I see it too, but, uh, but it seems like they're actively investigating how to do it. And there seems to be an internal timeline, but yeah. I don't, I don't know any more than that. Yeah.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI love you. X O X O episode 42. Remember this is kind of funny.com's PlayStation podcast. So go there and keep the mics on by subscribing to the YouTube channel, supporting the Patreons, buying merch, or just tweeting at Colin about how much you love them. Also remember, it's the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. We thank you for that. Also remember, it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on youtube.com slash games and podcast services around the globe. Every episode of PS I Love You XOXO ends in a segment in a song we call Singing a Shoe, Hey. This is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM, the M is for music, and gives me a YouTube link and a download link to your song so that I can put your mp3 at the end of our mp3 and put your YouTube video annotated at the end of our YouTube video today's comes from Justin Justin says hey all my name's Justin and I play guitar in coasting on potential a pop punk slash metalcore band puts in parentheses think a day to remember based out of upstate New York we released an EP last December and recently shot a music video for the first song off that record called first and foremost you can watch the video here and he has all his links. Thanks. And of course, keep up the good work. I love the podcast. You can find these guys at facebook.com slash coasting on potential. This is their song first and foremost. And until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.